Are you out of your mind? Here's the debate. You're upset. They're saying we believe you. This is I thought. <laughs> Let's have fun. Awesome, folks. Uh, it's good to have you on with us. Today's what? Episode number 153. I have my good friend Matt Walton in the house. Up, my man. Good to see you guys. Uh, Matt, you and I go back a few years, right? A couple few years, years ago yeah, in yeah. Dallas. I interviewed you. Uh, we met through a mutual acquaintance, a guy named Paul Feldman. He Paul was Feldman. a classmate of mine in high school. Insurance and, Newsnet. Uh, Insurance Newsnet. Respect. Founder I know and Paul real well. Of, of Insurance Newsnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Um, when the, you know, we used to make a lot of money in commercials, when all that money sort of started going to the influencers instead, I reached out to some of my friends who were successful and said, hey, you probably need some video content. And Paul was one of the guys who's like, hell yeah, I do. And we started uh, making stuff for his magazine. Among that content was an interview with Patrick Bet David. Um, and we became fast friends then. We kept in touch over social yeah. media. And, you know, we, we have a lot of the same background, you know, scrappy entrepreneurs. And so we, you know, we have a kindred spirit. So no, thanks for having no, me back. No Matt. question yeah. about it. Yeah. And I, you know, Matt, uh, for some of you guys that don't know Matt, Matt's an actor. I, I think that's the best way. You've done Broadway, you've done Hollywood. Uh, if you can pull up his, uh, I am, if you watch Irishman, he was an Irishman. He's been in uh, uh, Money Monster. I think that's with uh, uh, Clooney. Clooney. Is that yeah. with Clooney? Jody Foster directed Jody yeah. Foster with Purge, which was Purge election year. You were in that. But you know what I want you to pull up? I want you to pull up. Go to go. Just go to uh, type his name and just go to images. Mm -hmm. And it's unfair. I mean, look at this, <laughs> gentlemen. If first you're watching all, with your wives, just tell your wives click, to look away right click now. Click on that. First, go go to that one. Look at how sexy this guy. <laughs> it's, it's just too much, bro. That was in the rain too. Yeah. Go go to the other one with the old uh, the 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 one right there. Let me see which one it is. Go with the perfect white teeth. Go to the perfect white teeth. So today, look at this. This makes no sense. Who do, so, who do people tell you look like the most? You what would you get the most days, often? You get like Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulrooney. They always get, get those. The confused. Dylan, the, the, the Scott the Dylan. Bakula sometimes I would get. Scott Bakula. Yeah. When, uh, Quantum Leap? Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula. Who were you yeah, going yeah. to say? Yeah, Did who you, you have got? somebody in mind? Or? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, Scott Bakula uh, <laughs> could be a guy. I could never tell the difference between Dylan McDermott or Dermot Mulroney. No, neither yeah. could anyone else. Right, yeah. that was like the running joke. So, so you know, you know, it's crazy. We've been, we've been, uh, uh, we've been trying to do this for a while to get Matt on. Yep. And I'm excited for today because Matt, one thing I like about you is you've been in Hollywood. You you've done a lot of work with pretty much everybody. You've done work with a lot of people. You just you just, you just did something with uh, uh, you and McGregor. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, you done you done stuff with the biggest names. But uh, also at the same time, you got some strong opinions as well politically. And when I follow your Twitter, I I don't miss your <laughs> tweets. I just watch it to see what the hell this guy's going to say next. And it's entertaining, but you talk a lot of shit. Yeah, it gets and, me in trouble sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, I can imagine that. But uh, yeah, I said, listen, why don't we why don't we figure something out here to get you on the podcast? By the way, folks, for some of you guys that are listening today, today we're doing an old school format of a podcast my goal is to do the following we've been talking about this a lot this is the problem when you have a very good booker okay it's it, it works uh, uh uh you know both ways he's booked this out for how long i think we're booked till july or august we've got right? several dates yeah. in july already. So, but every once in a while we just want to talk current events we're trying to get it in my schedule right now to put one every week no matter what we're talking 
current events. We got a lot of topics to go through. FYI, guess who we have tomorrow on the podcast? The greats. I'm calling the GOAT. I asked this question yesterday on Twitter. Name me the greatest UFC fighter of all time. You know what a lot of people said? They said GSP. Tomorrow on the podcast will be George St. Pierre in the flesh right here talking. There's a lot of talk about him. With Khabib, there's a lot of things that are you know coming up lately, so I can't wait to do that interview. But again, nice. that's a pie product of having a guy that's booking us nonstop. Mm-hmm. Rob, we're proud of you. Having said that, here's some of the topics we're going to get into. So, I've been watching this uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, you know, back and forth, right? And you know what's the biggest question I ask myself is the following. Here's what I ask, and I want to get your input on this. I ask myself, okay, both of these guys act for a living. Right? I mean, both of their jobs is to convince me and feel (laughs) the pain of what they're going through. Right? So who do you believe? Do you believe Johnny? Do you believe her? She's been crying the last couple days because that's been her turn, I think. And he was telling his stories and having fun. But both ways, I want to kind of get your input on that. Uh, Roe v. Wade, which is you know obviously something everyone's talking about right now from the left, from the right, everybody, which I have some bad news for you on that end. That's... uh, I think it's going to hurt your feelings, but you're going to have to be okay with that. Fed rates increased half a point, folks. Let me say this one more time. Half a point, biggest hike in two decades. And I'm going to explain to you what this means to you. We'll get some feedback from both folks here on how this affects who. Biden proposes largest tax increase since LBJ. Biden seemingly unaware he uh, was ever a senator in uh, the latest gaffe. And then we have uh, Joe Biden's <laughs> approval underwater, 68% disapproval of handling of inflation. And then we have Buffett's uh, question was asked about nuclear weapons, which was very interesting. He says, so how one of the uh, uh, investors who owns the share says, how concerned are you about a nuclear war? And his answer was a coin flip, meaning it can happen any minute. For a guy like that worth $100 billy to say it's a coin flip, we'll be curious to know what he has to say about that. Charlie Munger still putting a lot of hate on Bitcoin. Trade deficit source for the first time over $100 billion. Uh, this is a first time ever. Uh, college graduates are overestimating their salaries. Um, they'll start out at 50 k but you should see what they think they should earn when they come out of college. <laughs> Musk has just created a bunch of stuff that we got to talk about. His call out of a, uh, AOC, what he said he's going to do to NBC. The way he slammed NBC was maybe... I, I, it's just, did you see how he slammed NBC? It was legendary. It was, he tortured them, I mean, on Twitter. And then, uh, you know, he's thinking about taking public again three years from now. I got some conversations there. I can tell you guys about what call I got yesterday. Uh, Bill Maher, Twitter has a complete lack of self-awareness about their own problem. They have failed. He's not talking about Elon Musk Twitter. He's talking about the old Twitter. And then we got Biden officials want Musk to bring Trump's crazy back on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Then obviously Amber Heard and a few other things that's going on. And we have to cover the story with our friend Dave Chappelle, who Dave Chappelle, I, th- I say we start off with that story. Let's Dave that. Chappelle. Okay, Dave Chappelle. Did you see the video or no? Did oh, you yeah. see what happened? Oh, yeah. Can, uh, I'm Are we sure, allowed to play that? I'm, I'm sure we can because it's a tweet. Um, crazy thing on what happened here. With Dave Chappelle, what page are we on? Let me see what page. Tell me what page we're on. That's the bottom of page six. six. Okay. All right, here we go. Dave Chappelle's story. Police arrest suspect. An on-stage attack of Dave Chappelle. Rep calls incident unsettling. This is a USA Today story. Police have arrested a suspect. An on-stage attack of Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. Uh, Tuesday during a Netflix is a joke festival. An audience member stormed the stage as Chappelle 48 was exiting. 
the stage after his performance, lunging at him and tackling him to the ground, according to the press release from the L.A. Police Department. Chappelle refuses to allow last night's incident to overshadow the magic of his historic moment. The comedian's rep, Carla Sims, said in a statement Wednesday, statement Wednesday, start the day smarter, uh, get all the news you need in your inbox each morning. Dave Chappelle celebrated four nights of comedy and music, setting record-breaking sales for a comedian at the Hollywood Bowl. Sim said, as unfortunate and unsettling as the incident was, Chappelle went on with the show, Sim said. The venue security detained 23-year-old Isaiah Lee, LAPD officer Rosario Cervantes, told USA Today Wednesday uh, they arrested uh, uh, Lee. Chappelle was not injured. Lee was taken to the hospital with minor injuries. Minor injuries. Have you seen the guy's shoulder? There's nothing minor about that. Lee is being held on $30,000 bond. According to the release, Matt, what are your thoughts about what happened here? Well, they roughed him up pretty good, didn't they? Um, well, of course, everybody immediately thinks this is, uh, you know, uh, a result of what Will Smith did at the Oscars. Yeah, right? he just set a precedent. Yeah, right? you can attack comedians on stage. But do we have a motive for why this guy went up there? Has he said what his uh, what he, why he wanted to attack Dave Chappelle? Was it something Dave Chappelle said, or was he just trying to? So, so, a scene, like. so there was a there was a story. First of all, this is not a good picture. Show the video first so the audience can see what happened. Most people have seen it. Yeah, this dude but got roughed. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, you yeah. see first, his arm. Yeah, his arm is bent the complete other way. He was on backwards. Yeah, like yeah. Tyler, backwards. can you show that video for one second? Okay. So clearly, security was beefed up in a big way. Uh, Apparently, it was Jamie Foxx that came to the rescue. Jamie Foxx and Buster in a cowboy arms. hat. Yeah. A bust, a bust, <laughs> bust an arm. Here we go. Look at the guy's arm. You see the guy's arm? His arm, oh, your is arm facing look like the that. other way. <laughs> look at that His arm. His elbow is out. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. That arm right oh there. My so, uh, you, you bring up a good point. What was this guy's motive? Yeah, yeah. We don't know, dude. Do you we? know? People are feeling very comfortable running up on celebrities these days. I'm not sure if it's the Will Smith, is if it's art imitating life, life imitating art. You're an actor. This is something that you probably deal with. But this reminds me of like the guy who felt like he could... Feel very comfortable talking shit to Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. How'd that work out for that guy? Right. Get the living crap kicked out of him. Now there might be a lawsuit pending. But it's there's almost like blurred lines. Well, you know, that's a result of social media in my That's opinion. just what I was 100%. gonna say. Like all through the pandemic, all these musicians are playing guitar inside their houses. I'm like, I don't want to see inside your house. I want there to be a wall of mystery between me and the artist. You know what I mean? And social media has completely knocked that down. It used to be, you know, in the case of like soap opera actors and whatnot, if you're I think uh one of your last guests spoke a little bit about this. Um, Jason, I think it was. When you're in somebody's living room every single day on television, the human body and brain cannot distinguish between a relative and a person on TV. We haven't evolved past that yet. So it really feels like you know that person. Because they're in your home. They're literally Versus in your living room Versus being in a movie theater, it seems day. very distant. Right, that's, that's right. watching TV and seeing a movie are two different things. I think that was Ethan Suplee that, that Ethan, brought that Ethan, up. That's Ethan, right. Sorry, that's right. Um, and so this may be, you know, Instagram and everybody doing things from their homes and, you know, uh, celebrities being literally reachable by yeah. through social media. This may have something to do with it, or it could just be this guy wanted, you know, his five minutes of fame and who better to attack than the, well, than the best comedians alive. I don't know. I just found this link. I'm going to send it to you, Tyler, to pull it up. Very interesting. So this guy's apparently a rapper is what he is. Oh, uh, beef. Yeah. So he's a rapper. In 2020, he did a song uh, about Chappelle 
And he also said, Trump is my president. Leave him alone mm. in a rap song. So oh. pull up the link. So I'm actually curious now. Hey, Pat, uh, did you see Chris Rock right there walk up on stage? After yeah. yeah, look at that. Will Smith? Uh, yeah, yeah, Chris Rock said, was that Who Will was Smith? That was, exactly. <laughs> By the way, you know. But he had to do that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, listen, Chris, that's like a perfect opportunity for him to get up there. But just so you guys know, all of these events that Chris Rock is at, it's preparing him to get a $100 million Netflix special 100%. in the next few months. And I'm promising you they're working on something right now go ahead you were gonna say something no this guy's 23 years old um so he's only been born and raised on social media right Keep since going up since uh so social media has been what really 10 years strong maybe sure. a little bit longer with facebook but i'm talking like the instagrams of the world 10 years strong so that's all he's ever known but matt you touched on something the blurred lines between it used to be a very clear distinction between that is a celebrity they're on stage that is who we watch and I'm just a regular old person watching. Now, I don't know, you, you touched on because it's COVID, lockdowns, homes, on your phone, like all these blurred lines of like, yeah, I could just I could just roll up on Mike Tyson and talk shit. Right. I could just run up on stage with Dave Chappelle. I'm a rapper. Right. I've got a social media, pr I'm a person. I'm famous too. I'm famous too. It's like, buddy, there are clear distinctions between a Mike Tyson and a Dave Chappelle and your clown ass. Well, the difference between these two things, Tyson and this case, I mean, this guy attacked him with a knife. This Correct. was obviously some kind of, you know, beef the guy had mm -hmm. with, with Chappelle, and he wanted to, you know, stick him. It but it's more the, the mentality. Thing, this was a fake knife. Was it? This is not no, a, it was a, it was a, it was a, it fake, was a fake gun, fake gun. with a knife within it, something like yeah. that? Yeah, so if you look at the picture right there, that's LAPD HQ, yeah. and the rest has been an incident where a comedian was attacked while on, a, a comedian was attacked. <laughs> not, they're not even naming the comedian, and right. a comedian was attacked while on stage at Hollywood Bowl. Isaiah Lee was charged with assault with a deadly weapon, and bail is set $30,000. So if you go a little lower, and uh, you'll see what he says if you go a little lower. That's the clip. Go below the video. And it says, no, uh, I think above that. Yeah, go above that, above that right there. So a little higher, a little higher. Okay, Lee's song that is specifically titled Dave Chappelle mm. was released in 2020. It's on that song where Lee raps, laugh at you uh, uh, as, a and, joke, yeah. as a joke. And then Lee has another song defending former President Donald Trump with lyric included MAGA, my N-word. <laughs> uh, an open-ended question, why is everybody always hating on my president? Interesting. And then no one's the TV show. So, and then uh, Joy Behar, if you go a little lower, said Joy Behar and Sonny Houston blamed Trump for Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage, which is obviously it's of course Trump's fault. Right. They claim he got into the minds of the entire population. It didn't happen before. Behar insisted Sonny had it, but I think Trump unleashed some incivility in our country. There you have it. Um, by the way, do you think this is going to become a movement and more of this stuff's going to happen? Like, do you think somebody's looking at there saying, this is a playbook, I'm going to do this as well? 100%. I mean, okay. and I'm going to the, like, look, I've been pretty clear. I didn't think that the, the what the Will Smith slap represented was way worse than the actual slap. A man slapped another man. Chris Rock took it like a G, said, all right, I'll leave Jade as a, okay, cool. Um, but just imagine if this guy who actually brought a knife on stage legitimately stabbed Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle was in the hospital now, because Dave Chappelle was very quick to joke, hey, thanks, we got Jamie Foxx here with a cowboy hat, everyone needs a Jamie Foxx. Imagine if Dave Chappelle was in the hospital right now. The overall sentiment in the country would be like, holy shit, you brought up the Will Smith thing, right? That's obviously what came to came to mind. A person rushed the stage and, and attacked a, a, a comedian or a celebrity or an icon. 
But imagine if Chappelle is actually in the hospital right now, or God forbid, imagine if he died. What would the mood of the entire country be? Would everyone be on pause and be like, what the hell is happening right yeah. now, guys? What is happening right now? No. Thank God Dave Chappelle's okay. But this guy had a legitimate knife. Imagine if it was a gun. Right. And he just, boom, shot him. And that's how Dave Chappelle went out. It's a very, very scary situation. Yeah, so, so a couple of things goes, uh, I think about. Number one, how the hell did that guy get in there with the gun and the knife? That's number one. So security is one to blame. What kind of security do you have with all these celebrities being there like, what are you thinking with security? That's number one. So accountability. Yeah, so number one accountability to me is who put this thing together? Who was your security? Let's hold the security accountable on how they got in. What was the infrastructure for somebody like that to get in? Number two, you know how in 9-11 oh, uh, uh, happened, TSA comes right after 9-11. In November, we have TSA, right? Two months after 9-11, we have TSA. But back in the days, you can just go, hey, hey, mom. She comes out of the gate, and you see her at the gate. People would now forget that, that you yeah. could literally go to someone's gate just and get, years greet ago. them after. Just 20 years ago. Uh, my grandma would come yeah. meet me off the plane yeah. when I was a kid, 12 years old. And, and that event like this changes. So you're, you got a good point there. Now, think about it this way. How much different would this experience be? If uh, talent now said, you know how back in the days Van Halen would say, here's how we'll do it. This is what we want in our contract. If you don't have this, we won't show up. And they used mm -hmm. to say they had this thing with the M&Ms that they wanted specific types of M&Ms. And multiple <laughs> times, if you didn't follow the contract to the T, they would leave because they said, you didn't follow our contract and you're still liable to pay us. So they had a contract. Now imagine if comedians say, hey, I won't perform until you put a fence up or you put something up that I feel safer. Imagine we get to that point. Okay. Now, if a comedian asks for that, say first comedian asks for that. That's what I want to do. I don't feel safe. The craziness that's going on, here's what I expect. Then that creates a trend. So that becomes the next TSA of what happened after 9-11. Thank God nothing happened here. But you have the guy that pulls up to Tyson. You have the guy that pulls up to him. You have the guy that's... And FYI, Dave Chappelle has a crew around him. And they destroyed him. That guy's lucky he wasn't beat to death. He's lucky he's not beat yeah. to death. But there's a part There's a part that's actually good that that happened to set the tone for everybody else. However, mm -hmm. how many people have Chappelle's size of entourage? Not many Nobody. people. Does a younger comedian that's getting up. So you know how you go to comedy and some guy takes a shot at you. It's like, oh, who are you? You look like you're Middle Eastern. Let me guess. You have a 750 BMW parked outside, right? And you have a lot of money. Odds are that car is stolen. Papa, these comedians say these types of jokes. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? If Will's me up, I'm going to get up and then I'm going to go up. And so then this younger comedian that's coming up, it's like, dude, I'm just role playing with the guests that are here. Now he gets something happening to him. So he doesn't have that kind of protection. He doesn't have a big entourage. He's coming up. So bigger guy may be protected, but the younger guy coming up may not be protected. So the games change a little bit. I'm very curious to know what these uh, bigger comedy clubs are going to do to make their comedians feel safe. But I, I would make the argument that somebody that's not as big as Chappelle doesn't have a reason to be gone after. Like the younger guy who's just coming up. I mean, if you listen, I think this is a one-off. People want to go after Chappelle because he's a lightning rod, right? He's always in the news. If you're a young comedian and, and you're going to this guy's show, you're not going to beat him up. You're going there to laugh. You know what I mean? I hope like, you're right. And, and yes, I don't necessarily disagree with what yeah. Adam's saying, but I think there's so much to be said for what you said, Pat, that, that this guy got the snot beat out of him. Yeah. Like, he's lucky he wasn't beaten to well, death. Well, listen, that's what and, happens and that in would, life sometimes. Yeah, if, if if people see this and they think about going up on stage and then they look at this guy, I think they're going to think mm -hmm. twice. But I also think that I'm, my mind's going someplace else with this. It's making it about yourself when it has nothing to do with you. This reminds me of like the streakers who come on, uh, run on the field during the Super Bowl or during uh, the World Cup. 
this guy, you know, Steve will do it or whatever the uh, what the Nelk Boys or whatever they did. It wasn't that guy who did the Super Bowl thing. One of those guys. But you're making it about yourself. You know that there's a lot of eyes on you, uh, drawing attention. And you're saying this is my time. I have an opportunity to get my name in the news. I have an opportunity to put myself into the atmosphere that all the eyeballs are looking mm, at me and yeah. you're making it about yourself it's ego driven and the the lines are blurred because you're you have a public profile now that's a whole nother thing uh, don't get me started on when you go onto someone's instagram profile and it's public figure yeah it's like buddy oh, yeah. you're Always, like yeah. unless you're a famous actor famous politician you are not a public figure i'm sorry but this mentality this is my biggest concern this mentality that like i deserve the eyeballs Dude, Dave Chappelle deserves the eyeballs. He's the greatest comedian living right now, in my opinion. It's been going on for a while. Okay, though. so the yeah, guy, it, the guy, you know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. To, to Joy Behar's point, uh, Trump did not bring in incivility. Incivility had been here a long time. Trump had been incivil for a very long time. You know, I used to work for the guy. I know how incivil he's always been. Uh, the culture has been shifting toward incivility and this me, 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 me narcissism for a very long time. And it's exacerbated mm -hmm. constantly and it just grows exponentially each year, I find. Uh, this this case in particular, this guy seemed batshit crazy, had a grudge, wanted to hurt Dave Chappelle in front of everybody. Okay, that's different. Uh, that's a little different than what Will Smith did. But I also think what's going to end up happening is comedy is probably going to change, which is the biggest tragedy of all, because comedians are the last truth tellers we have. You can't tell a joke without truth in it. It's not funny otherwise. And I think comedians are going to start to adjust their sets to not offend and to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen, particularly if they don't have an entourage like Chappelle. That's problematic. And that's the biggest danger of all. Right. That's we problematic. We talked about that with yeah. uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah, that's not, that's not, we need, we need those guys to stay loose. Re yes. Real quick, you, uh, you get up on stage every so often, right? Yeah. You have your events, you speak. Let's say something like this happens to you. Not to this extent, but some guy bum rushes you on stage. What is, what's your response? But you have to realize, it's happened, and it's going to happen. That's not something like, Bush is on stage talking with another, you know, prime minister or president. Guys throws two shoes at the guy, you know, <laughs> so it's not like. moments of that yeah, 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 so <laughs> you have to know this is not a new thing, you know. The guy who went after, you know, president, uh, uh, you know, had an infatuation for Michelle Pfeiffer. She, what do you, what, I was doing it because I wanted to impress Michelle Pfeiffer. Because you don't, you don't know people's motives. This whole thing we did with the event last couple of days, right? Here's what we don't know. We don't know the guy's real story. Mm -hmm. We don't know what Lee is telling this Isaiah Lee guy. We don't know what he's telling himself. We don't know what's in his brain. And that's not the truth, but it's his truth, mm -hmm. right? To him, that's the reality of what's going on. You don't know what these guys are telling themselves, but I don't think it's a new thing. I don't think it's been... Uh, it just started happening like a you know two weeks ago. It's or a like month the ago. Tyson thing, like you mentioned it earlier. Somebody went up to Tyson with a gun, and what does he do? He talks the guy down and gives him a hug. Like like you say, man, this happens all the time. It's just this gets national headlines. Yeah, it, the only difference is the only difference is if if they do something like that and hurt a guy size of Chappelle mm -hmm. with his kind of a notoriety, shit's gonna change yeah. Yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So that's the one thing they have to realize. Shows are going to change. Format's going to change. Security's going to change. Everything's going to change. So yep. just think about having to stand in line for four hours to get in. How annoying is it mm -hmm. to go to a show? Yep. Imagine waiting for four hours. We had President Bush at one of our events. What was it? Three years ago. Four years ago, right? So we've been working on, you know, we invited him and we invited Obama. Obama doesn't do anything in August. Our events are always in August. And Bush said, I'll make it. So he came to the event. Do you know we had to have 100 Secret Service agents? We had to have security where, what do you call it, metal detectors everywhere? We had to invest that money and have it everywhere to come in. 
They had meetings with us. They had meetings with our crew. They had meetings with people that are on the inside. Everybody had a yellow sticker that you kind of knew. You're trained by Secret Service to know that for the next four days while the president's coming, they were so fully prepared for it, right? Things are going to escalate when things like this happen. I just don't think this is the last event that we're going to hear about. I think it's going to. You hit the nail on the head with the 9/11 reference. Yep, you said it. that it, you know 9/11 happened September. Boom, a couple months later, November TSA. Yeah. Okay, so it's weird that the Hollywood Bowl didn't have metal detectors. I that, think they would. The Hollywood Bowl, under you know, I mean, but it Hollywood's will crazy. is my point. Yeah, now it's it, God forbid Dave Chappelle's in the hospital with some stab wounds. Boom, the TSA reference becomes all too mm-hmm. real. Into the Hollywood, into the movie. Think about it. We used to just go into into arenas, into theaters. Hey, walk right in, get your seat. Right now, you're getting COVID tested. You're going through metal detectors. They're patting you down. It takes, unfortunately, a freaking tragedy, a 9/11 esque horrible tragedy. Dave Chappelle, God forbid, getting stabbed. Tragedy for venues to be like, dude, that we're not gonna take the risk. Right, and that's just what happens. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, okay, if you were to vote. Do you think we're going to hear another story in the next 30, 60, 90 days? Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. I agree. I think it's going to be 30, 60, 90 days. And I think uh, if I'm the guy that's putting events together, this is an opportunity for me to say, hey, Dave, let me tell you what our format's going to be for you to feel protected. Okay, so when I had Kobe Bryant uh, at our event, uh, 5,000 people rushed the stage. Okay, you can see this on video. And Kobe's sitting right next to me like, what the hell is going on, right? And right there, I had security standing in the front, okay? Mm-hmm. We had, uh, were you, you were at that event, no, right? Okay, I had security right standing right at the front. And I had to get up and I asked these guys, everybody's got to sit or else I'm going to ask Kobe to leave. The, so there was a, that whole interaction with the, see if I have that at the opening or no. Click on, uh, well, the challenge is it's going to take a minute to see it. Anyways, I think the event holders have to be more organized to provide a better level of security for the talent coming in because talent doesn't know your audience. Talent wants to feel protected. It's the job of the event hoster, the host right. of the event, to protect the talent that's coming in. So we have people that come here all the time. Let me tell you what we do. Did you see the car parked outside? Yeah, okay, yeah. what do we do with that? We want our talent to feel safe. That guy's a sheriff, 16 years, by the way. He's been, you know, if you see who's, uh, what his background is, somebody tries to do something here, we're protected. Right. Guns blazing, everything's prepared, right? We want to make our talent feel special. That's exactly what these guys got to do right there. 5,000 people rushed the stage. So, so he's sitting right next to me, and all of a sudden, boom, everybody rushes the stage. He's like, what the hell is going on? I got security at the front. You know, Then next thing you know, things change. But anyways, we'll see what's going to happen here. Uh, Thank God they had phones and I not know. weapons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's go to the next story. Let's go to the next story. Is And by the way, we're going to get to the uh, Roe v. Wade story that you know the Supreme Court leaker. We're going to get into that here in a minute as well. Next story I want to get into is the Amber Heard. With uh, uh, with Johnny, uh, Depp. Johnny Depp, I'm assuming you guys are following the story to are an extent. Okay. There's only so much I can take. Of yeah, it. I mean, I, I I get that. I don't even know why it's public. Quite frankly, I think that's a private matter. I don't like the fact that it's that public. I mean, we have other issues that should be public that we follow that affects us. This doesn't affect us at all. Don't you appreciate that they make the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial public, but not the Epstein trial? Well, <laughs> listen, it 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 it, 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 t- it says a lot, by the way. It says a lot. But let me kind of give you the story. Uh, obviously, it's been going back and forth. Johnny got a lot of the story from his end that's been out. And you heard the recording. You heard her reaction, his finger being cut. Hey, he keeps calling her misheard, misheard, misheard. He finally files the divorce. I don't want to do anything. I'm gout. You know, I want to, you know. And then she comes out and the story with him, her hooking up with James Franco. 
and then her for a minute dating Elon Musk, and Elon Musk comes out and says good things about Johnny. Hey, listen, I want to stay out of this, but you know, her and I had a thing together. Amber Heard calls her trial the most painful and difficult event in her life as she kicks off testimony against Johnny Depp. Amber Heard began testifying Wednesday for a lawsuit brought by her ex-husband, Johnny Depp, describing the trial as the worst experience in her life. This is horrible for me to sit here for weeks and have to relive everything. Uh, hear people that I knew, some uh, well, some not. My ex-husband, with whom I shared a life with, speak about our lives in a way that they have. This is the most painful and difficult thing I have ever done, uh, I have ever uh, gone through. Heard is the second witness her legal team called to the stand following testimony of Don Hughes, a clinical and forensic psychologist. Hughes, who evaluated Heard and reviewed therapeutic and legal records, relates to her diagnosis and actress as post-traumatic stress disorder caused by intimate partner violence from Depp. Hughes said that in therapeutic sessions, Heard recounted incidents where Depp physically beat her, performed a cavity surge, and penetrated her body with a glass bottle. Heard is expected to testify about those events in the stand. Okay, so before you give your thoughts on, you know, whatever other details you know about it, so far, who do you believe in this story here? Are you sitting there saying, you know, I'm kind of believing what Johnny is saying, I'm kind of believing what Amber is saying, or quite frankly, I don't know who the hell is telling the truth. Where do you guys stand with this? I think they're both telling the truth. I think okay. it's an extremely toxic relationship. They're on the stand. They're under oath. Yeah. They, they're not allowed to lie. And okay. if they get caught in a lie, that's big trouble. Well, at least for some people mm-hmm. in court. Um, it is one of those situations where, you know, the relationship obviously had so much passion. You, you guys have all been in one of these. Uh, that it just got turned as, as, as good as it got. It, it got as bad as it got, you know. And uh, I kind of believe both of them. Um, what the results should be is, you know, if either of them committed a crime and it sounds like perhaps they both did, then maybe there's charges that are pressed. I, I don't know. Um, in terms of it being public, well, that's uh, that's showbiz, isn't it? I mean, it, it's hurting their careers and helping their careers at the same time. Do you yeah. think this is hurting or helping their careers individually? It's helping Johnny's hurting Amber's right now. Why do you think it's helping his hurting hers? Well, because he was the one that got canceled first before the trial came out and we just assumed that he was, you know, the guy who right. was doing all the bad stuff. It turns out she was doing the bad stuff too. And now there's a big online campaign to have her removed from Aquaman too. I don't think either of them should be removed. If you don't want to see them in a movie, don't go see the movie. Uh, but their personal lives are personal. Again, these lines are blurred. It's it, people are so excited to get inside the lives of these mega stars mm-hmm. to feel like I know them even better. I know them on a personal level. I know all their bad shit too, and that's um, you know, it's what it is. I I'm not a fan of that kind of interest in people and the gossip, and and all these stories. But it is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it shows uh, mental illness is obviously an issue here. Um, fame is a huge issue here. Power. And uh, it's all on display in court, isn't it? Yeah, you see, like, right there what you're showing. Re- mm-hmm. Remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2. How many people have signed? 3.5 million? Three Let's go and to four. a half million. Look, first of all, like, why? Tell me why. Yeah, that's the job of the director, the movie producer, casting agent, if they want to have her in or not. But to this is a form of a cancel culture, right? To say, hey, get yeah. this girl out of it. You know, if you don't want to watch the movie, he made a good point. Don't watch the movie. Johnny Depp, Disney saying they're not going to be doing Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. I posted a picture of the movie on Facebook, and I said, Johnny Depp is the only Jack Sparrow I know as a 43-year-old, period. That thing got like 100,000 likes and 50, I don't know how many thousands of shares. People feel the same way. And because now someone asked him a question, they said, hey, if 
Disney paid you $300 million and they gave you XYZ, would you still go back? Would you consider going back and being Jack Sparrow in you know, Pirates of the Caribbean? He says, no, I would not. I mean, that's a sad situation because how the brand managed him. But all in all, in a case like this, you said Johnny Depp wins and Amber Heard doesn't because Johnny already had tainted reputation based on what the Me Too movement kind of thing. Yeah. Adam, where are you at with this? Well, I actually more just want to bring this back to Matt because you've worked in Hollywood. You've been in movies. You've been around celebrities. This is is what you do. You're an actor. And there used to be a famous line that I remember that you would associate with Hollywood that you could say anything you want about me as long as you do what? Spell my name right. (laughs) Right, That was the whole thing with Hollywood. Just say whatever the hell you want. Just get my name right. Okay, well, people are certainly getting their names right. Yeah. And that goes back to my, is this helping or hurting their career? Does that still ring true in Hollywood? Does it, is, it, is it still like, say whatever you want, as long as my names are in the tabloids, as long as my name are in the headlines, it's going to be all good. Just spell it right. How do you process that? Well, I mean, it's one of these things where you've got to separate the, well, you don't have to. It's your decision whether you want to separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Johnny Depp is a terrific actor. I also happen to think he's a violent lover. Okay. Now those I can hold you those can two, be both those two truths, and that, that's right. the problem with a lot of our discourse today is we don't. It's black or white, right? And usually it's all gray. Correct. Yeah. Yes, and you know, um, Michael Jackson. Yes, R. Kelly. Exactly. Harvey Weinstein. I mean, they've did, they've done all very bad things, but they've also been responsible for very good things. Right. It's both. So it's up to you, not as not uh, society, in my opinion. It's up to the individual. And what we're living through right now is a time where society, whoever are the decision makers, are dictating how people should think about certain things. I think the difference here is, guys, Harvey Weinstein, that guy's a a, a corrupt criminal, right? Class A dirtbag. So you go to R. Kelly's story is what? 13 year old, you know, and, and that might story say he's came also up a class many, A. Many, many, many times. That's yes. breaking the law, right? So both broke the law. You go to what was the name, next name that you said? Michael okay. Jackson. All right. So that, you know, the stories you hear from there, okay, that's a complete different story. But he did make Thriller. Yeah, he did. It's a, I, I, I get that. And by the way, like Kevin Spacey to me, Kevin Spacey is yes. one of the best actors of our generation. I mean, the guy, how you know, Kaiser Sose, you know, you can go up yeah. and say so many different things what this guy did. There is the law, and then there is intent, and then there is personal life. You know, Trevor Bauer, I don't know if you guys know who Trevor Bauer is. He's the pitcher. pitcher for the Dodgers who's got a, he had a three-year contract for $108 million. I think it was like $90 million was the contract with $10, $10 million bonus or $18 million bonus. Cy and Young Award winner. Cy Young Award winner, which two you call the Mickey Mouse Award winner, right? This guy gets suspended for two years. Did you see that? Yeah, based two years they suspended him. They're not even and and all charges were dropped against Trevor. That's Bauer. what's crazy about it. Can you make it bigger? By the way, can you make it bigger so we can read this? So all charges were dropped on Trevor Bauer. This is this is just talking about how much money he's going to lose. He's going to lose uh, one hundred and two million dollars. Or excuse me, no, he's going to lose uh, uh, roughly forty-seven million dollars yeah, in yeah, salary. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, uh, whatever the number is, the yeah. guy's going to lose a lot of money. Okay, so he goes in a relationship with a girl, and they say. Hey, I like this style of sex. And she says, okay. So you said you believe Johnny Depp is a fan of rough sex. So they have rough sex. The sex was so rough that she came back for another time. Okay. So then second time around, they have rough sex. Then she goes out there and says, 
well, he did X, Y, Z to me. Then they drop the case. Then they drop all the charges that he got. And then the MLB suspends him for two years. And you're going to take nearly $60 million away from this guy who's a Cy Young winner, who is one hell of a pitcher. You're going to do that? That's Is there a law there or is that just MLB making a decision to do that? So in this case with Johnny and Amber, Johnny filed for divorce and Johnny is the one that's like, listen, here's what happened. She's dropping my name out there and defame and everybody's thinking I'm a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then you get all these other guys that are coming in and say, look, I've done cocaine. I probably, Did you do drugs with that person? Yes. Did you do drugs with this person? Yes. Why did you do drugs with that person? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I just wanted him to shut up because he was talking too much. Right? I don't know who he was talking about, Manson or one of those guys, right? But he's just talking straight up, right? You're going through this. There's a part of this that you have to be very, very careful. There are people out there relationship-wise that if you're in a bad relationship, it's realistic that you can you can have your career being hurt if you date the wrong person. You have to be so careful in Hollywood, you know, who you're marrying. You have to be so careful in sports, who you're marrying. All of this stuff. You know the movie Fifty Shades of Grey? I don't know. I know Tyler's one of his favorite books. He's read it multiple yeah. times. Yeah. All three you, always quote, you always quote <laughs> things out of the book. But uh, I actually read Fifty Shades of Grey, okay? When the book came out, Everybody in the office was, you know, secretly like, "What co-? you know, how, that book is the kind of book where you cover with paper. Like, it's like when you were in Inside high school, you, take, yeah, you, yeah, you have like your homework and you got Playboy and... right in the middle. What are you doing? I'm just doing my homework. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got yeah. play. So, but everyone's like, what are you reading? No, nothing, nothing. Well, listen, what are you reading? So finally, you're like, okay, so what is this all about? So finally, I read the book. And there's a part of it in there where he gets the girl to sign a contract, right? I mean, is it to that point where it's like, hey, Trevor Bauer's going to be like, hey, Mary. I like you. Here's what I'd like to do. Uh, my lawyer, can you please explain to them what's about to happen here? Yeah. Can you imagine that setting? It's like, yes. Okay, so let me read you your rights and, you know, let me read you the contract. Here's what's going to happen tonight. You're going to participate in XYZ. Are you open to this? If you get hurt and your body, papa, sign right here. Is that what it's going to get to? No, 100%. That's that's where we're going. I think think that's a great idea. A little docu-sign on the guy. Bust this out. If you're a big profile celebrity, if you're a Johnny Depp, if you're a Cy Young Award winner and you're making $100 million, if you're a famous NBA star, if you're a famous Hollywood guy, you have your pick of the litter. Facts? There's no question about it. Okay. So you could have Amber Heard. You could have this person, that person. Okay. Listen, sweetheart, you know, we got a thing going on. Before this goes any further, I'm going to need you to sign this. Right. If they're willing to sign it, all right, you guys can do what you guys want to do. I'm shocked they didn't have that signed beforehand. I'm shocked these guys don't have lawyers saying, Johnny, like you have a $100 million career at risk and you're going to put it because you like to have a good time with this girl. If I'm that person's handler, that manager, that agent, you got to have these conversations. Qu- sure, conversations were had. Hundred percent have to be had. Your whole career will go down the tubes because you like kinky sex with Amber Heard. Right. I had a guy, by the way, that said the following. I can't. You know, this is a guy that's not a well-known guy, but a known guy. He said, "No joke." He said, "Here's all I do." He said, "I have my phone and I get a video, and I produce the video with them, and I say hi." I'm John Doe. What's your name? Such and such. We, are you agreeing to do X, Y, Z with me? Yes. Can you please say that? Are you okay? Do you feel safe? Yes. Can I open a door where you can leave if you want to? Yes. You can leave if you want to. I don't want to. Do you want to leave? I don't want to leave. You sure? Yeah. Okay, let me just give you a tour of the entire place. It's just me. There's nobody else here. He's kind of going like this. 30-second video. Yeah, and he says, perfect, thank you. And he files that for himself. In case 
this ever turns Makes around. complete sense. I tell that. you, as weird as this sounds, yes. I'm in the Army. I'm 18, okay? Drill, sergeant, uh, drill sergeants and my sergeant Braxton said, hey, whatever you do, right before you're about to have sex, ask for the ID. So the guys are like, what are you talking about? He says, ask for the ID. You got to do it. So you're serious. Yeah. So we go to a party. All right. It's getting to that point. There's three rooms that are open. Hey, can I see your ID? You want to see my ID? That's stupid. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I also think it's stupid. But can I see your ID? No, I can't get in there. You're serious. Now you have to realize at this point, it's the most frustrating moment for an 18-year-old boy. <laughs> think about being 18 years old, right, at that moment. But I got to see your ID. Shows the ID. She's 16. Okay. My guy had to run out. They're like, hey, we got to get out of here. We went back to the base, right? It's getting to that point where people have to do such things to get protected. But question for you from a different standpoint. In Hollywood, okay, I met my wife in the industry of finance. We were both at Transamerica. We met there, right? Many people meet their spouse, you know, in, within the business. In the, in the business, do people talk to say, hey, Never date somebody like you know how the thing is. Never you know you know date somebody's this or never do. Was there anything that's a never date another actress or never date somebody that's not in the business? Is there anything like that or not at all? Yeah, I mean people have reputations for being uh, unstable, you know, and dangerous to date. Sure, I mean when uh, Me Too was first breaking out, I had a lot of very famous friends freaking out, thinking I don't know what's gonna who's gonna come forward from. The hundred girls I was with who, you know, just decides that they didn't like what I did that night four years ago and I'm screwed. And they would have been, you know, and they were sweating it. So I think the future of, you know, a signed contract is not that, uh, uh, you know, not that crazy. Um, but or yeah, the I videos mean, that people have stuff. reputations. Sure. And, uh, you know, it's it's discussed. But by and large, all actors are crazy. So, you know what you're <laughs> getting into. You know, that's true. They were just nutty people. Um Myself included, you know, it's just, it's a weird kind of uh, profession to pursue. It's, it's, it's an insane profession to pursue. It's impossible. The rejection is constant. So you kind of be that kind of person who embraces rejection. Uh, There's got to be a lot of ego involved, too. a lot of ego. I mean, because if you're, especially if you're on camera, how do I look? How do we, how am I perceived? How does the world perceive me? How am I viewing the world? Like, there's got to be a lot of that. On the other hand, celebrities, the celebrity bubble, the fame bubble, and this goes back to Amber and, and Johnny. Is the fame bubble is so insane? Like, look what it did to to to. to I have a controversial opinion about, say, Bruce Jenner, for example. Um, I think a lot of his motivations have to do with the fact that his family became more famous than he did. Right? Mm -hmm. um, it can drive people nuts. It is so isolating. It's like it's it's not dissimilar to uh, when you're in prison and they put you down below. What is that called? Uh, solitary solitary confinement. confinement. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of free to roam, but you're not. You're never alone. The press is always on you. The more famous you are, the worse it is. And so other actors are pretty much the only people who can understand you. So you have this dating pool of crazy, uh, but it's limited to only other famous people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, there's a, there's a power imbalance there that, you know, once you become famous, fortunately, I don't have this problem, but once you become famous, uh, you, you begin to doubt anybody else's motives for even wanting to talk to you because people want to be around famous people. And for better or worse, fame is power today. Fame is a superpower. Clout. And, yeah. Well, right. Clout chasing or whatever. But um, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. So, so let me ask you this. Yeah. So, so say, uh, uh, say you're a tiger, mm -hmm. okay, and you're 30 years old. Say you're a uh, 
pick, pick an actor at their peak. Pick, pick, pick any of these guys. Clooney. Clooney, okay. So you're 35 years old. Take a uh, Michael Jordan. Take a any of these guys. Should they get married or should they just say, I'm not going to get married till my 40s? What do you think is the right move to do? You're, and I'm talking about like you're the pinnacle because Johnny's pinnacle. Johnny's not an A-lister. Johnny's a top five A-lister mm-hmm. actor. Like, he ain't like a A-lister, A-lister. You know, he's like one. He, some people would consider this guy, go, he's so multidimensional how we can act. The guy's freaking ridiculous, right? So if you're there, what are your thoughts? You're around a lot of these athletes. You're around a lot of guys in Hollywood. Do you think the right move is to just have relationships kind of like what Leo did and just marry your career and then later on when your number starts with a four, you can still have a kid, then get married? What do you think is the right move there? Well, I you mean, are married to your career. I mean, that, so that is an inherent issue in yeah. any, in any uh, relationship like that. Um, it's up to the individual. There was actually an article, uh, it was a stupid article, about George Clooney, as a matter of fact, and they were comparing him to Noah Wiley, who was also on ER at the same time. And they're like, what was the difference between Noah Wiley's uh, lack of success and George Clooney's success? And they theorized that it was because Noah Wiley got married and had kids. No, it was because Robert Rodriguez needed somebody to do that role in, from Dust Till Dawn, and Clooney was on hiatus that summer, and he got the part. That's why Clooney's career skyrocketed. Mm. It was pure wow. chance. It had nothing to do with Noah Wiley getting married, and I'll bet you Noah Wiley is just as happy as George Clooney today. Um, Clooney even said one time, he, you know, when he finally settled down, he goes, I've had all the fun any man deserves to have. Mm-hmm. I am ready to settle down. So it really com- depends on the individual. And a lot of times, uh, people in Hollywood will get in relationships to have some kind of stability. You know, as crazy as that can be in a, with unstable people. But the career is so up and down. So, uh, you know, a lot of people get into relationships for that reason, just to have some, something solid in their life. And so I can't say, you yeah. know, as a rule, but it is challenging to get married. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I think um, <clears throat> throughout this conversation, I'm thinking of basic, the basic premises of risk and reward yeah. and supply and demand. So why that? I mean, you talked about uh, being in the financial services. That's how you met Jen in the insurance business. The whole premise of insurance is risk versus reward. Same thing with investments. Uh you bring up the Trevor Bauer story, you bring up the Johnny Depp story, the Amber Heard story, the risk versus reward. Okay. You're hundred million dollar men. Well, what's so funny? Comment. Okay. You want to go to that? Or? I mean, he, Fox hired Caitlyn Jenner. Dog face says, now Fox has two Tuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Bill Maher joke, That's actually. Is that a Bill Maher yeah, joke? Yeah, yeah. Is it okay? Stole that show. All right. Oh, um, well worth interrupting me. But the risk versus reward. So what's the risk versus reward with Johnny Depp? Well, the risk is that you're putting your whole career on the line for this crazy girl because what's the reward? She's kind of hot and the sex is good? Eh, probably not worth the risk. Trevor Bauer, you're putting your whole baseball career, $100 million contract on the line because this girl likes to get choked a little bit. Probably not worth it. In these instances, you probably are going to have to get something signed or a video like that. Back to the law of supply and demand. I mean, men and women age differently. Uh, I think some of these men, I don't think it's like, well, 40, now it's time to get married. I think it's like, look, as a man, it's you you age a little more gracefully than women typically. It takes, uh, to, to use Rolo Tomasi, what he says, you're laughing over here. Women are and men must become. Sometimes it takes a few years longer for men to become great at what they are. Okay, women, you could be 18, 21 years old. You're just hot as shit. Boom, you are hot. That's it. 
right? Amber Heard, why is she even in the same realm conversation as one of the greatest actors of our generation, Johnny Depp? Because she's hot. That's it. Johnny had to do movie after movie after movie and after audition. How many auditions have you been to, Matt? Yeah, thousands. Thousands? Thousands? Yeah. thousands? Tens Just of thousands, yeah. To be a kind of known actor? Imagine the work these guys have had to go through. So it's a different realm between a man and a woman. So, for instance, when you see my guy, Tyler Hero, 21 years old, right? Awesome little ba basketball player for the Miami Heat. Just won sixth man of the year. He meets a hot Instagram girl, knocks her up. He's having a baby with the girl. Does that serve him well? Is he more focused on the court now? Or is his whole career based on a hot Instagram because you got a fat ass? So it's... Well, you're talking about uh, uh, <laughs> tens of thousands of years of evolutionary biology colliding with current society and current norms, which constantly change and are constantly updated. So these, these adjustments are going to take time. We're living through a transition period right now, I think. And that's, I think that's what's really going on. Anyways, we'll see what's going to happen there. By the way, at the end of the day, do you think do you think there's any chance that Johnny's going to play Jack Sparrow again? None whatsoever. Disney blew that. No, no for chance. Sure. For sure, never. You really believe that? Three hundred million. He said no to. No, Johnny. John, Johnny doesn't need the money. He doesn't need to play that part again. Uh, Disney screwed up. In my wow. Yeah. Never. Wow. You are you in the same place as well? I, I mean, the fact that it's owned by Disney. How's yeah. I, I don't. I think he's oh, untouchable Disney's, to that been, family Disney's, values type of company. Disney's been doing great lately. I've, of course, no controversy. <laughs> They've been crushing it, right? Yeah. The leadership team is on top of it. Okay, let's talk about Buffett a little bit. Let's see what Buffett's got to say. Charlie Munger, go a little business here before we get into some of these other uh, uh, stories. So, Buffett got a question from one of their shareholders. Okay. Buffett calls everyday coin flip when it comes down to nuclear weapons. Uh, he had no answers, but plenty of caution about the threat and impact of nuclear weapons, saying that every day is a living with flipping a coin. The world is flipping a coin every day, whether people who can literally destroy the planet as we know it all, as we know it, and we'll do it. Buffett said uh, to an audience of Berkshire Hathaway shareholders Saturday, unfortunately, the majority prop, the major problem is that people who have large stocks of nuclear weapons and ICBMs, unfortunately, the major problem is the people that own it. They talk about using tactical nuclear weapons. If someone is willing to kill hundreds of thousands of people with tactical nuclear weapons, why would they stop there, he added. It's very, very dangerous world. It's a very, very dangerous world. The question submitted by the shareholder asked about the impact of nuclear weapons on Berkshire's operations and outlook. The company maintains a number of insurance operations and a nuclear attack would severely impact the company's operations as a result. Do you think we're closer? Maybe let me ask the question this way. When's the last time we had a nuclear? What, what, what was the timeline? When Truman dropped the... Uh, uh, Hiroshima? Yeah, saying? what's the Nagasaki? exact date? What's the exact date? I'm curious. Um, it's November 45, I believe. Is it? I'm thinking it's... Um, when did drop? Do you see the date? Here's a question for you. Are we more likely it's... August 6th and August 9th on 1945, uh, 1945. Which is what? That's about 80 years. 75, 77 years, right? Are we closer to that nuclear ep uh, 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 bomb being dropped, or is it going to happen in the next 77 years? Meaning, do you know what I'm asking? Like, is it going to be like, yeah, probably in the next 67 years, someone's going to drop a nuclear bomb? Yeah, do you see that happening anytime soon? Here? Any, anybody? No, no, no I, I anybody. wouldn't be surprised if, if Russia used tac tactical nukes. What, what do you think is the timeline on that? On something like that, because you saw, if you want to pull up Putin's article when it comes down to nuclear and what he said about the Western, 
you know, the declaring war against, you know, Ukraine and Western. Uh, let me see if we have that story here. Yeah, there it goes. It's page three. And, of course, we're going to have somebody next week, Peter Pry, that we're going to get into that a little bit deeper because that's mm -hmm. a specialty. But Putin says, to officially declare war on Ukraine, Western officials say the uh, declaration is expected to be uh, uh, made on May 9th when Russia marks Victory Day over the Nazi Germany in 1940. And then he's talking about nuclear. So let me see. Go to the article about nuclear. He said something about using nuclear. If necessary, they would use it. So... Do you think it's that scary? Like, do you wake up yourself every day worried about a nuclear no, war? No, I'll tell you, I think clearly that what we should be worried about at this point is cyber warfare and bio warfare. That's, that's what's pervasive and what's that's going on in the atmosphere today. I mean, look, it's not even close. Russia and U.S. by far and away have the most nuclear weapons in the world. It's not even close. How many thousands does uh, Russia have and how many thousands the U.S. have? And then the next is like China and France with like a couple hundred. It's not even close. What was what was you, you asked? Well, are we closer to nuclear war 77 years ago or in 77 years from now? Clearly in the past. I mean, all our parents, for the most part, that grew up in the 50s and 60s, they used to have to do fire drills under their desk in case there was a nuclear war. During the Cold War with Russia, Which there the 60s. almost was, you know, correct. Pigs. There That's my point. There almost was. We're correct. this close with Cuba, Cuban Missile Prices, Bay of all that. So, it's a lot of it is nuclear, nuclear. I, I think I feel it's like almost like ingrained in us, like holy shit, holy shit. But that isn't the biggest concern, at least in, as an American. I mean, this puts another spin onto this topic. If you're in Europe, you know, to bring up the whole NATO topic, why do you think? the Swedens of the world or the Norways of the world or these types of countries are actually thinking, holy shit. Like, you know, why is it, why is the Ukraine thing happening? Cause you are that close to Russia. They are on your doorstep. Mm -hmm. U.S. This is the, one of the beautiful things about being in the United States, being the greatest country in the world. We don't have to worry about Canada attacking us. We don't have to worry about Mexico attacking us. Maybe a caravan of uh, migrants coming into the country, but we don't have to worry about Russia and Putin on your doorstep or even in North Korea, you know, on your uh, southeast border getting crazy. So this is the luxury of being the United States of America. So as far as nuclear warfare being in America, being a major concern, that's not a major concern of mine. So I think there's two scenarios where we have a, a nuclear bomb go off. Uh, one is countries, countries get nukes to build a wall of deterrence, right? You have a nuke, no one's going to attack you because you have yeah. a nuke. It's not too... The best offense is a strong it's defense. An yeah. Right, it's a great insurance policy. Um, so in one scenario, some loose fish, 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 fish style material, whatever it is, gets in the hands of a terrorist and they plant a dirty bomb somewhere. That could happen. I don't, I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility in our lifetime. To the extent of the damage, who knows? Um, we underestimate terrorists all the time, however. Um, the other one is if Putin gets backed into a corner. I, don't, I wouldn't put it past this guy if he thinks his life is over or his power is done to go out with a bang. I don't think it's beyond his, his uh, ability or his, his rationale. Do you agree? Well, to, to Matt's point, the, the, 
people always love to talk out of both sides of their mouth, right? They say Vladimir's Putin, he's crazy, he's got cancer, he's losing his mind, he's an evil warmonger, and at the same time they say, no, he'll never use nuclear weapons. It's not an option, won't happen, impossible, da-da-da-da-da. And, and let's not forget that they have the ability of using tactical nukes, not massive, mother-of-all-bombs, 5,500-ton you know, nuclear weapons. They can use tactical nukes. And I think we, we just, we're going to send over $33 billion in, in military aid to Ukraine, <laughs> right? And you can see what we've provided already, right? We provided 5,500 Javelin missiles, which is one-third of our stockpile. If we continue to provide the Ukrainians with weapon system after weapon system after weapon system and intelligence, you th- it's a match point. You think he won't be backed into a corner and say, all right, I'm done with this. No more. You've mm. pushed me to the brink. And he'll use I, – I, I do not think in any manner are tactical nukes out of, out of the question. On the homeland, I doubt it, right? Like we would rain hellfire. We, we, we would – it's mutually assured destruction. But, but to use it on Ukraine, no, I don't think that's out of the question in any realm at all. I don't think it's out of the question for him to launch one at us on his way down either, honestly. I mean people say, oh, no, no, he would never do that. He's not suicidal. What if he's about to die? You know, or if he's about to be dethroned or about to be assassinated, right? Do we have, are his, are the people who work at the Russian nuclear silos loyalists or are they scared for their life too? That's what it comes down to. If I'm an intelligence officer in the United States, I am trying to infiltrate the people who work at the damn silos and say, if Vlad launches, don't press the button. You know what I mean? Whatever you want, a billion dollars, come to the state, don't press that damn button. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what, that's how it looks to me. You know. That brings up the what was the situation with uh, the general who called China on uh, yeah. Trump's last Mark uh, Milley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General Milley, right? Right. You you he hope- got a, he got a he got a lot of praise, but he also got a lot of heat for undermining Trump. The people in the Trump camp said, "How dare you undermine the president of the United States and call our, our enemy China and assure them of reassure them?" Though. Or that's a big difference. What's the difference? That that's a traitor. The Trump wasn't trying to nuke anybody. This guy is at a place where. Uh, yeah, Millie's a traitor. The, the, there's no depends question depends on it. your perspective. I, Some but, people but, call him a hero, but I get. But but any, some people do. But any, of course, of course, Democrats would call him heroes. One million percent Democrats would call him heroes to do something like that, and Lincoln Project folks would call him heroes. But that's not a hero, okay? That's not a hero. It's called have a crucial conversation with the guy, and get the right people in the room to have that meeting with them. Now, that's a t- different story. In this situation, this happened, and the problem with the following situation is is this. In America, Americans call him hero, okay? Americans are calling this Millie situation he threw in there as a hero. That's problematic. In Russia, you know what they would call somebody that went against Putin? In Russia, we would call that guy a hero, but Russians are not going to call that guy. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying to you is their loyalty is to their country. Americans' loyalty is not to their country. It's more to their political party. That's the biggest shit show we're dealing with in America. They're more committed to their political party than that red, white, and blue flag, and that's a problem. But going back to a guy like this, I don't know if I disagree with uh, uh, Matt, by the way. And and a part of it is the following. Here's a part of it. Is this a real story? Uh yeah, this yeah, is a real story. Putin to undergo cancer yeah. surgery? Yeah, yeah, that's a real story. Putin has cancer? Yes, sir. Yeah. Is this actual facts? Yeah. This is the first time I'm yeah. hearing this. No, no, this is a... a, 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 a We've make, known he's been sick, but I don't think we quite knew exactly. Yeah, Russian. If you want to read the article, go back to the top so I can read it. So make it a little bit, zoom in a little bit more. Russian President Vladimir Putin is about to undergo a surgery, cancer surgery, and temporarily hand over power to hardline former federal police chief, according to a new report. Putin will transfer control of Russian government to Nikolia Patrushev, head of Russian Federal Police Security Council, while he is inca- incapacitated during and after the procedure, according to a video from the mysterious Telegram channel General SVR on Saturday. The channel, which is per- per- uh, perpetrator, uh, 
Purportedly. Purportedly run by a former Russian Foreign Intelligence Service Lieutenant General known by the pseudonym Viktor Mikhailovich reported that Putin has been told by doctors that he must go on operation. Now, who knows what's going on here as well? You don't Dude, know what's going to happen. this is big news. Yeah, what big kind news. of cancer? Does the article go on and say I, what type of... I, I think why it's are they... thyroid. Thyroid cancer? Ooh, that's not good. I, I think that's why he's been putting on weight the past couple years. And let me let me do some more research into it. I'll get back to you. Yeah, but but the reality of it is the following. If you push the guy in a corner, he's not a guy that's not going to do anything. No. He, the only thing, the only saving grace is the following. He's got kids, but he would get his kids to live somewhere else unless there was retaliation. And he loves his country. Mm-hmm. He truly loves Russia. And he knows if he did anything to America, he's going to destroy so many of his own people. And he has to privately by himself say, are you okay with that? Do we know he loves his country, though? I know. He sent his soldiers to be slaughtered in Ukraine. Well, well, like, massive m- numbers. Does he love his... Those are those are the most loyal to this country, you yeah, can argue. Yeah, but, but you can say the same thing about every... You know, Does Truman really love his country when he did that? And you, could, I, you could ask the question. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't... I, I think so. That, to me, goes to... He loves the ideas of what Russia meant to him way before what it is today. Mm-hmm. He loved that. His loyalty is to that. Like, to him, it was an insult saying, who are you to think Ukraine's not part of Russia? I'm sorry. Right. You are Russia. Like, his ideas is the OG ideas of back mm-hmm. in the days. Not the new progressive ideas that, you know, some folks think that Russia have. I think that's where he's going to go and say, you know, whoever he admires. Like, everybody has somebody they admire that's dead, right? Think about who you're going to say, like, who you wanted to make proud, Right. Is his going to be a Stalin or a Lenin or a father or somebody that he worked under KGB? I don't know. But he's going to say, I'm going to meet that person one day. Is that the, would my loyalty go to something like that? I don't know. So my, the only saving grace I have is that when he gets to that point, he's not going to want to do it because it's going to backfire in ways that it's going to get very, very ugly. It ain't going to be just from America. I think he would say something like, Russia, I love you. We all have to die together. <laughs> No, you think, I, you think that's the angle you would take? I, I think, he's, no. I think okay. because I love you so much, I must destroy I the know. planet. I think I, it might have been Oliver Stone who was here. I saw right that there. episode. That was and, really um, interesting. I'm not sure if you ever worked with Oliver Stone no, or been in the movies I know a little with bit him, about, but I'll, I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember I said, who does he want to emulate? Who who are his heroes? Is it is it Stalin? Is it Lenin? He goes, no, 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 no. He older than that, Mother Russia. I think he said uh, Peter the Great. Mm-hmm. And this is what year were Peter the Great? I mean, this is Czarist Russia in the 1600s. So when we talk about what his, I do think he loves his country. I don't think there's any doubt he loves Russia. Um, when, but when we think of Russia and the Russia that he loves, it's not Soviet communist red Russia of the 1930s. It's the 1630s, 1730s, whatever year. What, what year was Peter the Great? Okay, early 1700s. Uh, that is the greatness that six, Putin eight. wants to, six, to bring. Eight. That's the first <laughs> thing I said. Yeah, yeah. Peter the Great was 6'8". Wow. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Pretty For back then, that's great. Seriously. But that is the uh, the Russia that I think Putin yeah. wants to make great again. And but he sees what's happening maybe. you know, with the encroachment of... Yeah. How evil well, you think he is? How did evil you say you evil or medieval? Medieval. I mean, no, I know, no, I'm no. I, I know, no. Yeah, I get that. But how evil you think he? You think he's an evil guy? Uh, yeah, I do. And I, but I also think there are uh, a lot of people who we look up to, who anyone from the other side of the, the river would say, "Oh, that's an evil, you know, bastard too." I, mm. I think he's evil. I, I can understand why people don't, but 
I well, there's a there's a a quote that when I you, when you murder people yeah well the, there's a quote that um I saw it on the Lex Fredman podcast I'm gonna I don't remember the name but the guy said listen some great men are not necessarily good men mm-hmm. uh, and there's no doubt that he is a cunning political figure to stay at the top of Russian politics for the better half of two decades and then some when you could easily just have a drink of a cocktail and end up dead. He's got to be, don't undermine, I'm not saying you, but don't undermine how savvy of a political figure this man is. Uh, yeah, I and don't think anyone ha- no, should make that mistake. Exactly. He, he, was, he, he got Brexit through and, you know, from his couch. So. The, the, um, the, the, the cancer thing is concerning, though. I, I had no idea about that. I think that's a, a, a story that we're going to need to keep our eyes on. There's a part of it where, let's just say, if you have something where you know you're going to die, you make decisions in a different way because mm-hmm. urgency is at the top. Uh, so there is a part of it where if that is the case, now what that decision-making process is going to be, nobody knows. But if a guy like that is driven by, I'm going to get even with you or revenge, I think he's going to spend the last, uh, you know, a few years or a few months or whatever he's got doing some kind of a retaliation. Is that going to be nuclear? Is that going to be cyber? I don't know. The, their ability to do cyber attack is apparently better than anybody else in the world. So if they wanted to really make our life a living hell and confuse the shit out of everybody, mess with elections, mess with this, mess with that, they can definitely do that. But we'll see what's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to do nuclear, but one of us is going to be right the challenge is if they do nuclear we may never be able to tell the other guy you're right exactly. that's the problem exactly we may he won't not be able have to that meeting kids either. Yeah. that's going to he's going to be or he won't be he won't be he won't be there's able no to protect his kids put people during global uh, nuclear warfare i mean right there's no, there's no safe island somewhere where you're not going to get fallout I, yeah I, I don't know i don't know okay next story fun, right, let's, fun, fun conversation yes right. let's talk about this guy named uh, joe biden okay let's talk about what he's Who? got going on <laughs> Okay, so uh, Joe Biden proposes largest tax increase since LBJ, political insider. Biden's 2023 fiscal budget reposes that all the bad ideas that Congress won't pass and has a new twist, the coveted liberal wealth tax. Biden's wish list calls for increasing the top marginal tax rate to 39.6 from 37. It would also uh, nearly double on capital gains to 39.6. For people earning over a million dollars, this would be the highest tax rate on investment gains since 1920s. This tax unrealized gains which are not taxed until assets are converted to income liquid since liquid assets make up less than 20 percent of the wealth investors will have to incentivize to hold liquid assets such as real estate to avoid liquidating stocks to pay taxes rather than sell stocks to diversify to reinvest investors will be forced to sell stocks to pay taxes on realized capital gains do you think there is a chance that any of this stuff's going to pass through or do you think a guy named Joe Manchin is going to say, listen, have I not already made it clear? I'm not supporting a massive tax increase. What do you think is going to happen here? I think you're right. I don't think anything is going to really get passed. Uh, maybe a baby step, maybe a part of that uh, proposal gets gets through that, you know, that everyone can agree upon as a reasonable tax. But that, that at least we're talking about politics now, what, what we should be talking about, tax rates. What is a fair tax rate? What is an unfair tax rate? What is an unfair loophole for the wealthy? What is you know a, a, a bad policy? You always talk about Democrats having terrible fiscal policy. What are the good policies? Where, where do you draw the line where, when you talk about taxes being a, a, a punishment or a reward for being a member of a society where you can become wealthy? What is that line? And that's what the debate is. And it shifts 
depending on the economic state of the country, doesn't well, it? Let me ask you. Yeah. So how hard do you think it is to start a business and make it succeed? How hard do you think it is? I know how hard it is. Okay, how hard do you think it is? It's really hard. So unpack that. Like, how hard is really hard? Like, what does A lifetime it, of commitment. <laughs> does it affect your personal life? In every way. Do, do you miss some birthdays? Do you miss practices? Do you miss dinners? Do you miss... How many people are willing to go through that? Okay, so now let's go uh, another side. What else, a job or occupation, is harder than being a business owner that requires a lot of risk and requires you having to do work that you're not going to get paid maybe any money for a while? What's harder job than that? Professional athlete. But I think professional. That's just random. That's just. But I think that's genetics. a game, though. I yeah. think that's genetics. A part of it is genetics. A part of it is I can't jump forty six inches, right? right? So I think that is the luck of the draw. Like Shannon Sharp says, "Listen, man, I understand. I was born like this. Mm-hmm. You, there's nothing you can do to be as athletic as I am, right? You seen Shannon Sharp? Yeah. Guy's a monster, right? What do you think's as hard as that? I struggle to answer that question because I think every endeavor is a business, right? Unless you're an artist, but you're still trying to sell your art. You still got to eat. Yeah, but 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 the risk of starting a business, putting your all your money in it, it is so challenging. So Hollywood, let's go to Hollywood. It is so hard to make it in Hollywood. How hard is it? It's easier to get struck by lightning twice in your life than to be a successful working. Actor. Okay, so look what you just said, right? <laughs> the by the way, I'm not okay. Really? So yeah. So let me ask. Let me ask you a question. You think uh, Steph Curry? You know, do we have a Stephen Curry without a, uh, a Del Curry? No. No, we don't have a Stephen Curry without Del Curry. Do we have a Peyton Manning or Eli Manning without Archie Manning? No. no sir. Do we have a Tiger Woods without his father? No. Do we have a, a Williams sisters without the father? King Richard? No, we don't have it, right? Okay. So that's luck of the draw, right? Who your father is. There's a lot of incentive and benefits that you have with that. But some of these guys that work their asses off to get there, Man, if a guy gets paid a lot of money and he had to do a lot of sacrifice and work to get there, I support that cause for him to make that money. You have to create incentive for whatever is very, very hard or else people are just not going to do it. That's the basic premise for me with taxes, right? I get that. Whatever is very hard, I want to create that incentive bigger for you. So now, as a government, when it comes down to taxes, so you're, you're a parent, you have kids, you're... Uh, a parent, you have two kittens. I'm a parent, I have four <laughs> kids, right? As a parent who has kids, you know, you as a as a parent sit there and say, that guy took that pressure off my plate. Wow, pretty impressive. So how can free market individuals take pressure off the government? What can we do to take pressure off the government to go have to solve certain people's problems so they don't have to do it? Free market, uh, free enterprise does it. How how can free enterprise help the government's job get easier? Make your life easier by charging you less taxes. Okay, so let me go a little bit deeper than that. I think the way the government, we help the government is, instead of that individual that wasn't going to have a job and you were going to have to help him with health care, you were going to help him with a benefit, you were going to have to bail him out. I create a business, I hire him, I get him a job, I give him good health insurance, I give him... Good uh, uh, travel, vacation, all that. I give him a good environment that he's going to develop and work and do f- good things for himself. I just took a liability mm. away from the government having to fix that. So essentially, we're now partners 
in this endeavor, but you took zero risk in that relationship. I took the risk. So I helped you. I, as the institution, say the government sister says, you, you did that for 88 people. Here's an incentive. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. You did that and created 10,000 jobs. You did that. I don't have to do that. Sure. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for doing this, right? That's the incentive for me. Anybody that's willing to do that, my hat's off to you because you made the government's job easier. But we don't explain it that way. No. We f- that's what I was just going to say. You guys don't have a good spokesman for this. this no, market. we do not. You're right. And you haven't since the 80s. You're yeah. totally right. I, told, yeah. I sit there and I listen to some of this. I'm like, how can you it's- not explain this argument in a better way? So for me... Then somebody sits there like, hey, that guy got this much money. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have a problem with that? I don't have a problem with that. Guy worked it. Why don't you go do it if it's so easy? He busted his ass. Okay. Hey, this guy inherited this much money. Okay, sure. I can understand that. We can talk about that. But at the end of the day, that, that guy's parents work to give that guy the money. What typically happens when inheritance comes to a guy that never earned it? We know what happens. We don't, we've read the stories. We know the stories. I had a guy on my podcast three years ago. And he was working with the Franklin Templeton family, mm-hmm. worth $5 billion. Dollars. Yeah, yeah. And there were 16 kids. And he says, they came to me, and it's an open story. People know about it. So it's not like he told me about this on, you know, on the interview because people knew about the story. He said, the, the, the leader at the top who made the money, the one that did the work, he gave everybody money. And he gave, made everybody's life so easy. So he made my job so hard because this guy's job is to work with a wealthy family's kids to get them to now, he says the same thing that you see happen to everybody, drugs, alcohol, all this stuff. Okay, that's a complete different conversation. But 83% of millionaires in America are self-made. So we can't say, well, that's what the rich gets. No, it's not true. 83% of millionaires are self-made and around 60-some percent of uh, billionaires are self-made, okay? That not self-made as in they didn't get any other help to help them out. It's just the money didn't come from parents to them. So I think the tax program, you have to think for yourself, what do we want to do? How do we want to incentivize? This leads to inflation. When people ask the question, they say, how did inflation happen? Okay. How did inflation happen? Yesterday, Dinkin sends me a picture saying, hey, should I call you Nostradamus or whatever? Because, and shout out to Dinkin, by the way. He sends me this picture and he says, uh, uh, gas prices in Nevada. Okay. Did you see that picture or no? Yeah. yeah. Did you see what the numbers were? Tyler, I'm going to try to send this to you. Uh, Which Mac you want me to send it to? VT MacBook Pro? Okay. So see if you have it to show this, okay? Tell me if it's coming to you or no. It should come right now. You got it? Take a look at this, okay? This is gas prices in Nevada. Zoom in a little bit more. Okay, this is two days ago. 825 for regular. Look at the price of diesel, man. 825, 849, 873, 890. Okay, so do you know when I watch this, what I say? It's it's okay. I'm not affected by it. Me. But you know when I look at this, what I say, who the hell can afford to pay eight twenty five? Hey, son, can you come visit me? Haven't seen you for two weeks. Mom, you're eighteen miles away. It's gonna cost me twenty two dollars to come visit you. I can't do that, mom. What do you mean you can't come? You don't love your mom. Mom, I love you. I just can't come pay you twenty two bucks on gas to come over there, right? So inflation is a byproduct of what? Corporate greed printing money. Supply and demand. Um the ebbs and flows of the economy and potential economic policy. So, so, so go to the first one. Inflation is a byproduct of corporate greed. Unpack that. These gas companies don't have to charge this much. Okay. So these, but they're so, doing it because they can. Now, now maybe there's supply chain issues. Maybe that, you know, so then let me ask you this question. Their end, but let, I don't think so. Let me ask you this question. How come they didn't do this two years ago? 
How come they didn't do this three years ago? If, if you're saying to me, if that's the argument where the argument is they did it because they can't. Well, what? two years ago, everyone, no one was driving, so they couldn't do it then. Go three years ago. How come they didn't do it three years ago? How come they didn't do it four years ago? How come they didn't do it five years ago? But, I don't know. But, but meaning, so then why, that why do they choose to do it now? But that's not the argument. Right. Then the argument becomes, if the reason why this is it because of corporate greed, well, maybe they could have done this three years ago, but they didn't. How come they didn't do it then? So maybe that's not number one. Do I think okay. it's yeah. on the list? Yeah. I think for sure it's on the list. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sitting here. Number one. Yeah. I think it's on the list. Okay. So okay, let's go to another one. I had Andrew Yang sitting right here three weeks ago, right? Good and, and we talked yeah. about UBI, right? Yeah. Universal Basic Income. He, when he first proposed it, you're like, okay, Elon Musk is saying. AI is coming, and you know, what you have to worry about is AI, and then that one interview with Jack Ma, where Jack Ma's like, I think the human brain is more this, and Elon's like, yeah, that's where you're wrong, and we disagree. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that interview. Yeah, it was, it was very powerful. awkward between them. Very awkward between the two, and Elon's like, what are you talking about here, right? Okay. So he says, Jack no. Ma was not picking up on Elon's joke. No, yeah. like, it was relax, not. it was a joke, yeah, guys. Yeah. So, no one so, got it. So Elon's saying that, so you know, this guy comes out, Andrew, and you're like, well, we're going to pay $1,000 a month, and here's this is what Milton Friedman announced. And I'm like, Milton Friedman would say something like this? Dude, that's crazy. So I'm like, let me go do some due diligence. No, no, no. Milton Friedman never said just give up money. Milton Friedman had a negative income tax, which means if you're making, you know, if the uh, whatever income is 40 grand, the average income is 40 grand, if you bust your tail and you make 30, We'll work to help you out because you earned it. We'll give you a little bit less of a tax, a little bit bigger of a tax cut. So you have to do it. I think the reality is the best thing they can do with taxes, anybody making less than 40 grand, just don't tax people less than 40 grand. Just keep a little bit easier for them to to get rid of that Any part. Any Republican right? comes forward with that platform, yeah. it's they're on, they're, you can't beat them. But, Why don't the Democrats do that? But, okay, I agree with you. So, But the part with inflation now, UBI, UBI didn't work. We just tested it. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. because you mean the PPP program? The PPP program is a- that was a big, big leaky bucket. I mean- To who? Uh, corporate. Yeah, of course. I'm saying. So, like, so I oh, mean, fraudsters. Th there's all these, these there's all these tranches not, not the of money. There's all these tranches of money yeah. that got that got injected into the economy. Stock market got yeah. a couple of hits. Yeah, the corporations all got their yeah. PPP, and then the people got their extended uh, yeah. state unemployment. Right. So, which of those three is really the the poorest policy? Was it the the, the extended unemployment? You could argue that it was because a lot of people were motivated not to work. I know several who were making more on the unemployment during COVID than they were ever making at their jobs. So that's an argument I, I could I could you know engage with, um, but I don't think it was just giving out a couple checks of twenty five hundred bucks. Most of that money went to food and gas, right? I don't think people hoarded it and are 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 sitting on it today, causing this inflation. But I don't I don't think they did that. I th I think they I think that money went back to large corporations. Sure, because because what what people don't realize is the spending habits didn't change. I can give money to a person. Like, you know how uh, every time I got somebody that's on the corner that's asking me, begging me for money, you know what I always do? I said, here, let's go to a restaurant. You're hungry? Yeah, I'll yeah, get yeah. No, nah, no, nah, I'm good, man. Oh, okay. It's I got it. Move, yeah. yeah. So, hey, let's go to a restaurant. I got you. What would you like? And, I and by the way, some of them that say yes, I was with Tico and You remember when we did this in Dallas? Yeah, you brought a homeless I brought guy a homeless car. guy in my <laughs> car. I take him. I said, whatever you want. Get. I said, who else is up there? Get them stuff. The double this. I said, get all of them. We brought them. I get everybody food. Cool. No problem. But what happens if you give drug addict money? Right. What does he do? He just goes drug. and buys more drugs. What happens if you buy an alcoholic money? Al you know, he goes and buys more alcohol, right? What happens if you buy somebody who has no understanding of finances? You give him money. What does he do? What does she do? 
they spend it. The money rolls up to who? The company that has the product that you're spending money with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we realize a UBI format does not work and is not the long-term solution until hardcore AI comes in, which that's not the case. How do I know that? Report just comes out from Bloomberg, okay? And this is what Bloomberg tells us about what just happened with the number of jobs, okay, page three. So Bloomberg says uh, 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 U.S. job openings rose unexpectedly. Job openings, folks. Can you pull up this article so people can see it? To record 11.5 million people, 11.5 million jobs. Let me read this one more time. U.S. job openings rose unexpectedly to record 11.5 million jobs. There's 11.5 million jobs in America right now. U.S. employers saw record levels of job openings and workers quitting in March, pointing to intensifying labor market tightness that will keep pushing wages higher at a rapid clip. The number of available positions increased to 11.5 million in a month from 11.3 million in February. Uh, Meantime, a series of high 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in March. There were 1.9 jobs for every unemployed Worker in March, up from February. Is there data uh, describing which kinds of jobs became available? Like, is it hot girl summer now? <laughs> all the kids are just quitting their side hustle at McDonald's, or, or is it is it is it people of all ages leaving the workforce? But here's, here's that's an important distinction. But I, but I will tell you this, uh, Matt. When I was uh, 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 work, when I my, when my first business didn't happen, and I went into debt forty nine thousand dollars. You know what I was looking for? Any freaking job. Mm-hmm. So I used to be the top salesperson at Bally's. Bally's hired me back. But you know what position they gave me? You know what position Trainer. they gave me? No. 4 a.m. Oh. gym. I opened up the gym from 4 a.m. to 12. Can you tell me how many times you've bought a gym membership from 4 a.m. to 12 o'clock? You were a sales rep I was from 4 a, a sales rep from 4 a.m. to 12. Yeah, no, I used to sell gym memberships. How too, many yeah. people come to the gym from 4 to 12 to buy a gym membership? The lunch break or after work. That's yeah. what it is. So nobody buys it. So it was a way of Robbie to say, here's what we're doing to you. And I laughed at him. I'm like, I know what you're doing, but shit, I'll take that little $6 an hour job that you're giving me, right? What's the point? I just needed a job. I just need to make some money, right? So for me, as much as people complain about, hey, there's no jobs out, there's plenty of jobs out there. If there's 11.9 million jobs, if you're really qualified and you bring a lot of value to the table, the job's out there. So going back to inflation, a byproduct of uh, we know putting money into the market, oh, $2.1 trillion uh, stimulus. Okay, really? Only $300 billion went to people, $2.1 trillion. What happened to the other $1.8 billion? What did you guys do with that? Oh, oh, okay, got it. So you're doing more of this bailout type of stuff? Okay, so you're doing bailout for the bigger companies who are lobbyists, who are ho- helping you with your campaigns and all this stuff. So those are the guys you're taking care of. Makes sense. That's not capitalism, folks. No. That's monopoly, right. okay? There's no such thing there that calls for capitalism. If a company screws up and the too-big-to-fail companies are about to go out of business, you know what happens? You let somebody else buy them that's better at operating their own finances, just like you let Chase buy Wamu because Wamu screwed up. That's what should have happened with a lot of these too-big-to-fail companies because they're not going to fail. You know when they say too-big-to-fail? What do you mean too-big-to-fail? Oh, we can't let them fail. Okay, but what were they worth at their peak? $100 billion. We can't let these guys fail. So what are you saying, though? Are you saying today if somebody were to buy them, they're worth $10 billion? But they're not worth $10 billion. They used to be worth $100 billion. I don't care. What is it worth today? Well, today they'd be $8 billion. Well, let somebody buy them at $8 billion. It's their screw-up. Mm-hmm. That's the mistake they made, right? But too big to fail is a bailout due to lobbyists coming in and saying, if you do this for me, I do this for you. I had Paul Manafort. You know, I called him out on the lobbyist still stuff. still spell his cologne. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I said this lobbyist, I said it's the biggest spinners in America. So, so what do you want to do? You know, teacher's union? 
These guys, all these guys, all these guys have some kind of so. So inflation, you sit there and you look at it like all these policies that you thought were going to favor people, and we're going to help the people you were really helping out. Those are the people you actually hurt. Yeah. That's the problem with bad policy. And again, this is not described in any way from either side of the political fence. I'm kind of of the opinion that uh, it's two wings of the same bird lately, and you know the arguments you're making sound actually very liberal. You know, and, but I know that's not where you stand on the political fence, especially financially. But neither party is is engaging in this manner, this level of truth. Like yeah, these policies help us, hurt you. Sorry, you know, and both sides don't have a solution that 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 fixes that that I've seen. Yeah, I I think I think the my my policies are simple. Incentivize the person that takes the biggest risk to start a business, the small business owner. Take care of that guy because that guy's not taking the money and you know he's taking the money and reinvesting to the company. Number two, the guys that are coming up to start their own careers. Let them keep as much of the money as they can. Forget about minimum wage. Get rid of minimum wage, but get rid of taxes for anybody making less than forty grand a year. You, if if right now they announced which one you have a choice to, we eliminate minimum wage, or anybody making less than fifty thousand dollars, you pay zero in taxes. What do you think people choose? I think the yeah, latter. I think yeah, so yeah, too. Yeah. So then, then the argument isn't minimum wage, right? Right, but, but, that's, but, but here's the kicker, though. You'd be amazed how many people would actually say, no, we got to keep minimum wage because companies were bully. No, go increase your market value, make 50K. It's as if you're making 100K because you ain't paying any taxes. So you get to keep 100% of it, right? So the onus is also on the individual to go get one of these 11.9 million jobs, okay? And the company says, shit, this is great. This is, I'll do this, no problem, right? Then on the other side with the policies that they're coming out with, dude, stop it. You're playing games with people, like all these things that you're spinning everything. You know, the numbers came out. I'll read this, and I'll, uh, uh, Adam, I'll turn it over to you. I have a question you. for you. Yeah, go for it before I well, get into it. You know, because I want to talk about uh, the interest rates, what happened to it. But go yeah, ahead. maybe before we get into that, let me just ask you this question because um, the conversation we had yesterday with Tyler, we were talking about uh, the Bronx Tale and the famous line with Chaz Palmenteri says, uh, C says, you know, the working man's a sucker. The working man's a sucker, you know, and Mickey Mantle ain't pay, putting food on your uh, on your table. And no, Robert De Niro says, no, the, the, the hero is the working man. The hero is the guy that, the working man's the guy that gets up and does the tough labor and does the tough job and shows up to work and eats shit and puts food on the table. That's the real hero. So you as being a former worker, Bally's, 4 a.m. shift, that's the working man, to being a business owner, explain that. Maybe unpack that from your perspective as a business owner you could be both, meaning like Matt said, they don't do a good job basically explaining all the risk that the business owner has to basically take on to be that person. Right, Sitting calling next, them job creators. Yeah, a little yeah wrong, like right. billionaires and the millionaire class are villainized in this country because they're so wealthy. But the way that you put it is like, yeah, well, you want to go create 10,000 jobs? Have at it. That's less work that you have to do. This reminds me of the video of that, I don't want to, that trans looking guy who was like, I don't have a job. How does it feel that you guys are the ones to, that are it. that are paying my bills? I don't have to work. Ha ha, you guys are the suckers. So I mean, overall, this is just an overarching question of uh, of the working man, the unemployed man, the, the leech, the welfare queen, the, 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 the incentivizing the job creators. I think that that some one of the things that I've learned just sitting next to you, being the job creator, being the entrepreneur is, yes, we do need to incentivize the people who are creating the jobs. Yes, the working man is the hero, 
but the only way that they're able to be the hero is because the job creator created the job. Here's the thing. Let me ask you a question. What what do I do without the, the Tyler? He's choosing to do this job. He does a good job, right? So Tyler gets a Tyler. Did you get a raise like a... Uh, 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 Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you very okay. much. Yeah, yeah. I was actually meeting to talk to you about but, that. But by, but by the way, he's up by the way, fifty thousand tax but, bracket. Now. By the way, he earned it. Yeah. It's not like I did him a favor. He earned it. Right. He worked his ass off, and he brought. Okay, great. So we're having he's a the working say, man. Yeah. So so somebody comes in and says, okay, you know, we had this meeting the last two days. What did you say? The best we've ever had. We've never been. The team's never been this good. Yeah. Your words. Yes, right. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yes, sir. So what happened? It's the attitudes on how we're working together, right? There's no way you can build a big company and abuse employees. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Eventually, something's happen. Eventually, someone's going to say, hey, what the hell are you doing? And either somebody goes elsewhere or you fire them. Or they form a union like in the case of Amazon. Or, or they form a union like the case of Amazon it was Alabama. Or I don't know what's, where they started off with and going through that. But, but you're right. But to go, to go to that, we have to question every policy and ask, who is this really hurting? That's what we have to ask. Who is this really hurting? We have to mix it up a little bit, man. The angle we're taking right now is not the best angle we're taking. We're sitting and we're thinking like the other day. So uh, I'll give you a crazy story. I, I shared this with you yesterday. I come home. Tico and Senna get into a big fight, okay? And Tico's 10 years old. She's five years old. And he gave her one, okay? Pretty solid. So he doesn't want to sit down and talk to me. He's upstairs. So finally he comes downstairs. He knows he has a conversation with me. I said, so what happened? He said, well, some people are just sometimes annoying. And, you know, this is what happened. I just, I said, so let me ask you. You don't think you're annoying to others? You don't think I'm annoying to you? You don't think mom's annoying sometimes? You don't think nanny's? You don't think papa's? We're all annoying sometimes. So what do we do every time somebody's annoying? Uh, he says, but you're not annoying to me. I said, I'm not annoying. He says, no, you're not annoying. So how about mommy? No, mommy's not annoying. Finally, he said somebody was annoying. I'm like, okay, fine. So he's not like BSing. So I said, okay. So let me ask you, one day you're married, you got kids. Your 10-year-old son does the same thing you did to Senna. What would you do to your son? He thinks for like 15 minutes. Like He's thinking. He's a thinker guy. And he comes out and says, I don't know what I would do. I said, okay. Do you think he deserves punishment? Yes. I said, what kind of punishment do you think he deserves? He thinks for five minutes. He's a very smart guy. He says, I don't know. I said, well, listen, I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose your punishment. Because for me, mine may be worse than yours. So how about you choose your own punishment? So he's like, this is tricky here. <laughs> so then he says... I think uh, one year of not picking movies and three months of no iPad. He went to like here. Like he didn't play wrong. He gave him. I wasn't going to go there. He knew he did something wrong. So then I'm like, I'm like, okay, sounds good. Then he's a negotiator. Yeah. So then he (laughs) says, you know what? I'm just going to go to sleep. I said, okay, go. He says, okay. No, I don't want to go. I said, dude, what do you want to do? He says, what's my punishment? I said, let me think about it. He says, no, I want to know tonight. I said, okay. So I think for five minutes, and I said, if I punish this guy, I'm just showing him that there is no such thing as forgiveness. So then that means he's not learning to forgive his sister and his brother. So what am I really teaching this guy? Okay, I'm going to change it up tonight. So I said, Tico, my dad's sitting there, Dylan's sitting there. Dylan's like, what's going to be his punishment, right? <laughs> so I said, Tico, I'm going to confuse you today with punishment. He says, what's that? I said, um, I'm not punishing you for anything. You can watch iPad, you can watch your TV and all that stuff. He says, wait, what? I said, yeah. He says, why are you doing this? I said, because I'm hoping that you take this as a value to strengthen our relationship 
to know how much I love you and I want to establish trust with you and I want you to also forgive your siblings when they screw up. Is that a deal? He said, yes. I said, let's shake on it. He shakes on it. So you, you're, gonna, you're committed to this? I'm committed to this. I said, game. So I come home yesterday. It's late. I have to shoot that video. I'm in my office. They show up. I'm like, Dylan, how was Tico today? Great. Tico, how are you today? Great, daddy. Awesome. I don't know if it's going to work or not. And if they're going to get to a punching, you know, fight a week or two, they're probably going to do it anyways, right? But I think the approach we take to punish every rich or every this or every that, I think we have to change our approach because we're not understanding that person's story. You know, first time Jennifer had a baby with Tico, I sat there, I'm like, what was this all? I could never do this. Salute to mothers out there, right? Because now I see the pain of what mothers see their kid in a different way than a father does, right? It's a different kind of an experience. I think to sit there and just judge everybody and say, well, these guys are rich and that guy's are doing and this guy's are doing and that guy's lazy and this guy's are... I think it's caused us to have a lot of big problems and we need to reshift how we view these guys. We have to recalibrate who the real hero is so the kids know who to look up to when they grow up. And then from there, let the market decide what they're going to be doing. But I don't think the approach we're taking right now is working. Gas prices right now, 840 in uh, Nevada. That thing's going to go to 10 bucks. It's going to go to 15 bucks. It's just going to hurt the low, middle income. The interest rates, they're spiking it up to whatever. They raised it a half a point this week. Who do you think that's going to hurt? You know, mm-hmm. who, who do you think that's going to with a 401k and a mortgage? Yeah. Everybody with a 401k and a mortgage. Mortgage. Uh, where is that story, by the way, by, by the rates? Uh, okay, Fed raises rates by half a percentage point. The biggest hike in two decades to fight inflation. It's a CNBC story, page three. Okay, so the Federal Reserve on Wednesday raised its uh, benchmark interest rate uh, uh, half a percentage point, the most aggressive step yet to fight against 40-year high inflation. Inflation is much too high, and we understand the hardship is it, it is causing. We're moving expeditiously to bring it back down, the Federal Chairman uh, Powell said. The American people, he noted, the burden of inflation on lower-income people saying we're strongly committed to restoring price stability, okay, by increasing by 50 basis points, along with the move to higher end rates, the central bank indicated it will begin reducing asset holding on its $9 trillion balance sheet. The Fed has been buying bonds to keep interest rates low and money flowing. Okay, so what does this mean? Here's what it means. Mm-hmm. What happens rates go up to 5%? Can you go to mortgage calculator? Just go mortgage calculator. Okay, whatever you got somewhere there. Uh, all right, so when a person buys a house, they buy a house based on what? Loan amount, interest rate, or payment on a monthly basis? People buy a house on payment. Right. They say, I can't afford three grand a month. That's how the decision's made. Okay. All right. So at go to six, uh, go to seven hundred thousand dollars. No, go to seven hundred. Yeah, keep going up, keep going up. Make the payment three thousand dollars. Okay. At three percent, and my budget is three grand a month, I can get a seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollar loan. Okay, because my payment is three grand a month. Interest rates next year are going to go six plus. So go to six percent. Just change that. That's all you need to change. Put six there, right? Boom. Now it went to four thousand thirty-six. But let's bring you back to three thousand dollars. So three thousand dollars. The only loan I can now afford is what five thirty-nine. It dropped two hundred thousand dollars. So somebody may say, "Well, Pat, what does this really mean?" It means two things. Home prices are about to drop. 10 to 30%, okay? And people buying homes, mortgage and real estate industry is going to get hit very, very hard, okay? It's natural. This is going to happen. And folks are going to sit there saying, what the hell do I do? Because I can still only afford what? $3,000 a month. Rent control ain't going to change. Rent's going to go stay the same, if not even go higher. 
Because when shit like this hits the fan, guess what uh, renters do? They say, well, listen, you can't afford to buy, buy a house anyways, so you got to pay 10% more rent. Right. So rather than your rent being $3,000 a month, it's $3,300 a month. Inflation comes back and hurts the people that we wanted to protect initially. So we make a decision that sounds good and we're heroes today, but we hurt them two, three, four, five years down the line, and we're feeling it today. And by the way, as ugly as it is today, it's going to get very ugly in 2023 and 2024. It's going to get hit very, predicting this a long very time, yeah. hard. It's coming. 128 months of economic expansion. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I'm no financial expert. I, you know, as soon as my whole life, I've never, I've kind of been allergic to money. And I don't know if I inherit that from my father. He was a lawyer, but never billed his clients. You know, we grew up pretty poor and everyone's like, you're rich. You're, your dad's a lawyer. I was like, yeah, why do people keep saying that? You know what I mean? Come to find out he just was an altruist and, you know, it was terrible with money. Didn't bill his client. <laughs> um, so, you know, but as somebody who now has to make money and has to pay a mortgage, I've seen these ebbs and tides, you know, fluctuate all the time. It, it it's, it, it's harder some years. It's easier other years. I think it's got to balance out. Um, actually, interestingly enough, and not just because I was playing him in parody at the time, when Romney was against Obama and the, the financial uh, situation, I just watched The Big Short again on the plane ride down. Sick movie. movie. Yeah. Adam McKay's story. Insane movie, yeah. Second to none. Um, I was thinking, you know, Romney was probably going to be the better choice because then the banks are kind of going to chill out and loosen up and every, the money can start coming in simply because... A lot of this, a lot. I think a lot of the financial fluctuations have to do with who's in office, who's 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 looking out for who. Again, the lobbyists, and you know, and who's who's helping each other at the highest level. Now, I've also been warned that the Fed's going to raise interest rates for a long time. It's been a long time since they had. I don't see this as something that's insane. If it goes up and up and up and up, yeah, we're going to have a, you know a bigger problem. But I don't think it's going to really. I don't know what difference it's going to make at this point, you know what I mean, in a negative way. It's got to get better. Inflation has to come down. Oh, no, no. Don't get it twisted. You don't think that the interest rate hike will bring inflation down? Oh, no, it, it, it will. I think it will. Here's why I say I think. Because I also thought that uh, uncertainty would have taken gold to 5000 and gold never moved. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's a lot of triggers that historically... If I press this, this goes up, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If I press this, this closes. A lot of those things that historically have worked together, it was completely out of question during COVID. Like, wait a minute, right. what? Gold is supposed to go up. Gold stayed flat. Bitcoin went here. You know, rates like hey. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I will tell you, he has to do it. He can't keep the race that down. I don't even right. know why they've kept the race that down for that long. That's the question, right? I don't know why they've kept it that down for uh, uh, that long. But at the end of the day, the only reason he has to do it is because there's inflation. The only reason we have inflation is because we print away too much money. The only reason we print away too much money is because we listen to everybody complaining way too much. The only reason we listen to people complain too much is because we try to please the people to win votes and win elections. And then, boom, this is a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So everything is a ripple effect. And back again and back again. So... Uh, uh, unfortunately, that's the way we have our election process. Our election process is by people getting up there and putting the fear in voters to win their votes, whoever's able to persuade the best, and you can even use the word manipulate, to get people to realize and create a massive enemy. Hey, then we're going to go do X, Y, Z for you. But then the same people that voted for that policy end up getting shafted. That's just how this thing works. And we have to get a little bit more deeper to 
you know, like, hey, you know, I want to buy some Roblox, dad. Okay, you want to buy Roblox? Yeah, go bring your money. I'm paying for it? Yeah. Okay, I'll buy all of it. All right, spend all the money on Roblox. All right, dad, I want to buy this. Go use your money. I ran out of money. Okay, I don't have it. <laughs> right. But, but dad, I didn't tell you to buy Roblox. You chose to Roblox. You were happy for two weeks when you bought all the Roblox. How come you're not happy now? There is consequences, man. And we're not talking about consequences. Fortunately, financial literacy is now becoming more and more required in, in certain school systems. My daughter's goes, we go, very nice public school system uh, by design. And I'm going to take it with her this summer. She's got to take a financial literacy. Awesome. Course, so I'm going to take it with her this Sick. summer. Yeah, just to get into I it. I love you know? that. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, a lot of it is cultural. We the, the, This generation, you know, they call it the helicopter parenting or, you know, uh, I like to say when everyone's special, no one will be, you know, the, the participation trophy generation. Mm -hmm. And it, 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 it you, you hit on a point there with uh, talking about your kids asking for stuff. We got to learn as a people that it, because we're in a capitalist system, whatever the whatever the policies are going to be, it starts at home. Financial responsibility starts at home. And I think there's a lot out there where it, it, it finances are, are, are the, the product of something beyond me, right? And that's got to probably change as a cultural, as a culture. Where are you at with the sound? Yeah, you know, I'm processing all this. I'm listening. Yeah, you're the, you're the money guy. I mean, I, I think, well, ultimately it comes down to doing the hard things and having the tough conversations and looking deeper down the surface. Like we, we, we like these types of things are essential to understand if you're going to be living in a capitalist society, living in America. But back to our initial point, it's much easier just to watch the Amber Heard Johnny Depp story and just kind of yeah, what's going on with that? Well, sure, in your spare time, but, but work is different now than it ever was. I yeah, mean, but you know, work is not. Be, it's not. What were you gonna say? No, it used to be you go to work, you get a salary, you knew what your salary was, you knew what your annual budget was, all that stuff. That's off the table for the most part today. It's entrepreneurship is more and more important. The, the, the whole nature of a side hustle as a positive mm -hmm. is weird to me. You know what I mean? That you need two jobs. You want a second job if you're trying to get ahead financially because your first job doesn't pay you enough. Now it's almost essential that both couples work, you know, both members of the, the both parents have to work. One probably has two jobs. That's weird. That's so. What's that's that? Tough. What's that? What's that from though? So then, so years then, and years and years of maybe financial disparity between the what the rich and the poor. I can, don't know. Can you can you pull up uh, shit like uh uh uh. uh Cost of college tuition oh, over the years, right? My daughter's looking at college. Like, because damn. because when we when we look at the cost of college tuition, I'll just read triggering Matt over here right now. Huh? Matt's getting triggered. Well, but but, but think about that. Yeah, of think about that because when you look at the cost of college tuition, um, can you go to Twitter? The one I posted where uh, I showed the numbers of what's happened to cost of college tuition. If you go a little lower, you'll see it. It's just I put up a bar, but here's here's what happens with how cost of living has increased. Mm. When it comes down to college debt, they're talking about writing off the debt, right? It's like, hey, you know, just uh, forgive everybody when it comes down to college debt. Okay. In the college debt situation, what, what individuals are involved? Let's go through it. Number one is the institution, which is what? The actual college, right? Two is the student who's involved in that relationship. Three is the parent who's involved in that relationship. Uh, four is the government that's involved in that relationship. And then let's put lender there. It could be the same, but it's involved in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So 
we have what? We have the institution at the top. We have the student, the parent, the government, and the lender, right? If I said it correctly, right? Those five people that are involved. Okay. So college used to be very cheap. Wasn't that expensive, right? If you look at that right there, that's the college tuition inflation since 1980, according to CPI, actual inf- inflation. College tuition is up 1184. Inflation is only up 228. Who the hell let these guys do this? Now, if you look at this, 220 versus 1184, go go a little bit lower on the tweet, by the way. Go a little bit lower on the tweet. Just get back and go to the following stuff that I say below it. Yeah. So uh, average salary in 1980 was 21200 Average salary in 2021 is 51480 It's up only 142%. Yet college tuition is up 1184%. How am I supposed to keep up as a parent? Right. How, so, so when did this change? Here's how it changed. You ready, folks? Here's how it changed. The moment the government said, we'll help colleges out with your student loans, it became a business. Mm-hmm. Colleges and the government teamed up together. Then colleges had no limitations on what they could charge. They said, we're going to charge this much. No problem. We'll lend it out. We're going to charge you. No problem. We'll lend them out. And the government said, hey, you can't write off your student loan. You have to pay for it. But I can write off all the other debt. Yeah. So you ensla- so you were against slavery. Now you just turned me into a slave. What happened there? Why are you doing that to me? I can't pay these payments. Oh, but it's for the good of your future because a degree is going to change your life. Oh, really? Most people who get a degree don't even work a job. That has to do anything with that degree. What the hell do you mean? It's for the betterment of me, for me to get. So they created a monopoly for colleges. Colleges took advantage of that because colleges are the ultimate capitalists, by the way. No write-off, tax advantages. They have the biggest loophole in America. Harvard sitting on $40 billion of cash endowment. They can literally, for the next 100 years, not take a penny from their students, and they will still have money 100 years from now with the amount of money that they got in the bank. But what do we do? Who paid the price? You know who paid the price? You know who paid the price? Not the institution, they won. Not the lender, they won. Not the government, they got reelected. You know who paid the price? The parent and the student. That's right. And over and over and over. So when they're like, we should forgive the debt. Why forgive the debt? Why, why put the write-off on everybody else? We should, we should forgive it. No, no. Before we forgive it, I'm open to forgiveness. But step number one, let's go get colleges to kind of catch back up to CPI, 228, which means... To be at 228, you know what the average college, you know, annual, uh, like, you know, t- what's the annual tuition for Harvard right now? 55 grand, 56 grand? More than that. Harvard would need to come down to $11,000. And then let's forgive it. Do you know what I'm saying? So why don't we bring it back down to Harvard's what? It's, it's academics, $51,000 without financial aid, $49,000 a year earlier. One room and board and other fees brings it up to $74,000. And during COVID, they asked, hey, since you're doing everything on Zoom for the degree, can you lower the price? What did Harvard say? Nope. nope. Same exact price. Now you're telling me that capitalists are greedy? I don't see anybody more greedy than these college institutions. I think you're absolutely right. Shh. I got a full tuition scholarship to the Boston Conservatory. And I had to come, come up my own room and board. I worked, studied. My grandfather helped me out a couple hundred bucks here and there. Um, but that was my option. It was either scholarship or no college. I just paid off my 40000 in student debt a year ago. No shit. That was the last thing I had. I paid off my timeshare in like three years. I paid off all the other things. But I just kept that college debt and going. What year did you graduate? 95. So that's almost. 27 years. 26 yeah, almost $400 years. a month going to Sally May. 
Well, on average, it takes 18 to 20 years to pay off student debt. That's the average. No, I deferred from time to time. Okay, well, there you go. starting out. Yeah. That, that brought it way up. But yeah, I mean, it's insane. It, talk, it is just one of these bills. And it is the entree into the middle class. That said, however, I think we're going to see a massive backlash. I think, well, first of all, a lot, a lot of kids are going to look at the situation today. There are kids with, I know a kid in my town has got a 4.68 GPA, couldn't get in any of the schools she applied to. It's insane. How's that possible? Well, there's a whole like northeast bias now. Um, there's uh, colleges are just it, it's it's a big story. New York Times ran a big thing about it. Um, now it sounds like wow, you couldn't get in your school. You got to go to a lesser school, and to an extent, they're right. And you could argue arguments have been made that going into a lesser school is better for you. Like if you go to Harvard as a doctor. You're in there with the best damn doctor. So you come out as like fourth best doctor. You're, you're not happy. You go to Ithaca College. You know, you're the best doctor there. You have a great life, great career because you were the best doctor Big in your fish, school. Small yeah, pot. yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think colleges, the backlash is going to be real. We're letting a lot of more international students too. That's a big part of it. Um, but also you have now this whole generation being raised on Instagram, learning you, know, you can become a millionaire without having to go to college. Correct. You know, there's all these you know, hacks, these these financial hacks, these career hacks. So is it more on the student or is it more on the parent? Because when I was 17, 18 years old applying for college, dude, I couldn't tell you what the hell I wanted to do with my life. I couldn't tell you why I wanted to go to college. It's just that I just knew mm. that it was almost robotically, the correct thing to do was to go to college. And it is to get a middle-class job. But today you can go to a state school for almost free or free. A lot of states now have programs where if you go to school and it's community college, state college, it is free. There are state programs that will, the loan forgiveness is already happening at yeah. the state level. So ultimately what we're not talking about is the concept of college or the concept of a higher education. I think that's invaluable. I think that's important, not necessarily for your, for your IQ, but certainly for your EQ. I, I think I learned more about... Um, networking and who to hang out with and who's got their thing going on and who to hang out with and who to maybe invite to the parties. Like, I think I learned more of that in college than I did in a certain class or two. But ultimately what we're talking about is ROI, return on your investment of the amount of debt or the amount of uh, cost that you're paying for college. If you can get it for free, I think it's a no-brainer. Would you disagree? Yeah. If you can get at, what for at, free. If you get expense, college for free. Nothing is free. No, no, yeah, no, no, exactly. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm not saying Tuition that. free. Tuition, like How? If you, Who pays for it? If you get free tuition, free you go to a state school, community college. Who's paying the teachers? Oh, you're the scholarship. Who's paying, the yeah, scholarship. Who's paying yeah. for the room and board? State well, taxes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's not free. And right, of what, course. Just to clarify what Adam said really quick is the taxpayer should pay for you to go to school not to improve your intelligence or learn anything new, but so you can party and learn how to network and get a little check off that says you went to college. It just... Well, if you're holding the colleges accountable for providing the education that, that you're supposed to provide, then you know the, the, you could argue that it's for the betterment of society in general. But that gets to you know the the evil word socialism, which we can't utter. You know what I mean? But again, the colleges aren't teaching the no, kids I, what they're supposed to be learning, fair. right? Yeah, you, you've seen the stats where it, it's it, the, the the education level is easier and easier and easier to pass schools now, right? At every at almost every grade, they're they're catering to the students, not the not the needs, right? Like I th I think there's everything wrong. Not everything, but so much wrong with the idea that you have to go to college to to make yourself in life. It's like, no, dude, go learn a trade. Well, there's, go learn to that's be a plumber. Too, of go, it, like you say, there's hacks. You can start your own business. Hell, look how many people are millionaires on OnlyFans. Like they're entrepreneurs. <laughs> don't I don't agree with it. Genetics, but it's yeah. like it's, can't be started this on that idea point. that everybody has to go to college to make it in life is absurd. And yeah. and to Matt's point, you are seeing a huge backlash to this. I mean, people are realizing that college is a scam. I mean, it's just not worth it. 70% is a waste of time. 30% STEM, or if you've got a sports scholarship, go for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But 70% of it is a, is a waste of time. 
uh, to go to college. You know, if you, and a few of the schools right now, it's crazy. You know, in our community, a lot of these guys are guys that have money. And a lot of them are banking on Vanderbilt over any of the, you know, uh, Ivy, Leagues. Uh, Ivy Leagues. It's like Vanderbilt is where they're looking at. I'm like, Vanderbilt, interesting. So Penn comes up, Vanderbilt comes up, Duke comes up. Some of these guys come up. Uh, but some of these guys that are Ivy League in the direction they're going, yeah, I, I think I think this whole system's broken when it comes down to college. And if we want to write off the college debt, I'm fully for it. But let's first lower the tuition by 80%. Then let's write that. And by the way, I'll pay for, increase my taxes a little bit. But first, let's change that from $51,000 to Harvard at $11,000. Right. Let them also pay a little bit of the price because they're breaking the backs of parents that are busting their ass two, three, four jobs to be able to say, I send my son to a good school and I paid for it. No, bro. It shouldn't be that much money. That should be $11,000. Okay. So next story. Let's talk about this uh, Roe uh, v. Wade, which is, it's, uh, you can't turn on the news without seeing this, by the way. It's pretty ugly and something that's been going on for a while. It was a concern when uh, 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 Supreme Court justices were chosen. They kind of knew this day was coming. It's officially here. So Roe v. Wade uproar. McConnell calls for prosecution for of Supreme Court leaker. Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell called for the uh, Department of Justice to investigate and pursue criminal charges against uh, those responsible for leaking draft Supreme Court decision that would overturn Roe v. Wade. McConnell uh, went on uh, to rip his Democratic opponents for politicizing the court and repeatedly (laughs) using leaks in an attempt to force changes. McConnell's comments after Politico published a leaked uh, draft copy of Justin Samuel Alito's decision in an upcoming ruling on a Mississippi abortion law. The ruling, if adopted by four other justices, would overturn Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion nationwide in 1973. Supreme Court Chief Justice directs Marshall to investigate leak, uh, calls that egregious breach of trust. Anyways, this thing's going all over the place. So what are your thoughts about what's going on here with this story? Well, I think it's a travesty. I think uh, Roe v. Wade was established law for 50 years, in my opinion, and maybe you know, on paper, I know it was never codified as you know, a federal law. Um, I don't think for a second that this the problem here is the leaker. It's very telling that you know McConnell's going after the leaker rather than perhaps having a conversation about the three justices who said on uh, their in their hearing that they would not overturn this ruling. Those are three acts of perjury. You know, you could go after just as much as this leaker. Um, I am for a woman's right to choose uh, because I am not a woman, so I cannot possibly fathom what it's like. And I know there are arguments to be made that you know that does that shouldn't you know be a part of the conversation. Um, but it's it is it who who benefits who benefits from this? You have a base of of Republicans and uh, their voter base who are Christian, and and that's a very firm belief. My brother's very um, anti-abortion. He's a staunch, staunch Catholic, uh, was a Republican lawmaker for a long time, but also a never-Trumper. So there's all kinds of shades there. Um, But it strikes me that this is a cudgel that is uh, an overwhelming distraction. I don't think it's going to make it all the way. Uh, It is distracting us from bigger issues. Which we, are, which we seem to be ignoring at our peril, like climate change, in my opinion. And uh, once again, it is just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, such a, it's so hard to talk about because it's, mm-hmm. it's go ahead, Adam. T- 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 no, it, it, it's so there's weird. clearly no correct answer in, 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 
there's if you don't want an abortion, don't, no, don't have I, one. I, what, what, what was interesting, we talked about this when we were in the old office and, and, and you said, well, when, when should you have an abortion? I said, yeah, well, you know, uh, you know, you should have up until X amount of months is what I said. You go, oh, really? You think that long? Five months, whatever it was. I said, let me actually go around the office and I asked everyone, every woman in the office, and then I started asking men, okay, when should an abortion be okay? You know, well, six weeks, 12 weeks, 15 weeks, to get all these different answers. Yeah. And I remember just getting different answers from everybody. I think we can all be in agreement that there's the first, second, third trimester. You should not be able to have an abortion during the third trimester. That's essentially what everyone was comfortable saying. Sure. During the first trimester, people felt very comfortable saying, well, in the first 10 weeks, 12 weeks, yes, that seems very reasonable. The gray area is basically that that 20-week mark, right, where the baby is four to five months old. Is it a life? Is it not a life? Uh, that's that's the deeper question. But even even in there are cases in third trimester where an abortion is a medical necessity, or you have to choose between the life of the baby and the life mm -hmm. of the mother. Imagine come, having to make that decision. I mean, well, there's this post going around Instagram right now that's really cool. I'm not pro murdering babies. I'm pro Becky, who found out at her 20 week anatomy scan that the infant she had been so excited to bring into this world had developed without life sustaining organs. I'm pro Susan, who was sexually assaulted on her way home from work only to come to the horrific realization that her assailant planted his seed in her when she got a positive pregnancy test result a month later. I'm pro Teresa, who hemorrhaged due to a placental abruption, causing her parents, spouse, and children to have to make the impossible decision of whether to save her or her unborn child. I'm pro-Cathy. It goes on and on and on in all yeah. these cases where this this ruling is, is barbaric. The, the thing that, I, as three men talking about when, I know. whether women should have an abortion, I, I think is, is, uh, is almost ironic. However, I also think it's a very ironic that you know what percentage of Congress people are men, ninety-five percent, and they're the ones making these decisions of what a woman should do with her body. And they'll have plenty it's quite of access, rich. by the way, if they if they are their daughters need. <laughs> but the, the whole thing, care. they'll have access. Look, the, the, shock, you know, shocker alert. We're not going to solve this issue on this podcast today, but. You know, you're on one camp during COVID. I don't tell me what to do with my body. I yeah. put whatever I want on my body. Right. Don't tell me what to do. It's like, well, that's sort of the abortion, uh, the pro-choice mentality is don't tell me what to do with my body. Well, right. you're murdering someone. It's not. It's just it's such a hard thing to answer that it's a constant conversation. It's going to constantly be with the basically way the courts are, are situated right now with a, a conservative justices, it's going to be a situation. This brings us back to the conversation we were having for weeks and weeks and weeks is, is Biden going to pack the court? You never hear anything about that anymore. But the, the, this is a, this is going to be a, a constant dialogue. It's minority rule is what it is. 68% of the country is in favor of access to abortion care. It's like with the guns. 90% of people want stricter gun laws. The representatives are not honoring the will of the people. Okay, so so real quick, a couple points here. One, the rape and incest case of abortion is less than a tenth of a percentage point. Okay. Okay, so now I don't disagree. You guys are doing, you're debating on Roe, right? So what happens if Roe gets overturned? 
it, it's federally illegal, but it's, it takes it back to the states, right? The states get to decide. So, so you asked who benefits from this. Uh, my stance would be that democracy benefits for this because everybody broadly agrees. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that, that Roe was wrongly decided, that it's a bad legal precedent. It's a bad case. It's, it's possibly the worst case in, in the history of the court. The way it was decided, nowhere in the Constitution does it say anything about abortion. And that's what the court is there to do, is to, is to interpret the laws, right? So what happens if Roe gets overturned? Then the people can put it up for a vote. They can, they can vote on it in Congress, right? You can vote to make it federally legal. Why, why is it that we have nine justices in these cloaks and robes reigning in their decision for the rest of the country, right? You asked who wins. Democracy wins. If Roe gets overturned, the people should stand up and vote. I don't think democracy is winning, though. Is the thing I, I think I think it's it's the opposite. I, I think we're again minority rule. I, I get your point, I, and it's a good one. And I, I'd be interested in reading that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote because I think it's uh, it's it's a little deep in that. Yeah, if you could pull that up, it'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, bringing yeah, yes, you're right. You're, if we can get if we can decide then as if Congress <laughs> honored the will of the people, we would have a, dem, a, dem, a democratic debate about the subject. No, and I think I think that's absolutely the point here is that it's not up to these nine justices to have passed it in the first place. I think, and this speaks to a broader point of of the the uh, warping of the power that the, the court has taken over. That they just get to decide off whim what is and isn't federal law, right? So it's like I, I think the best thing that we can do is have a debate on this case. And let the people decide. And as you say, let Congress agree and listen to the will of the people, because we need to get back to some form of that and give the people a voice again. But their, their, their stance that it's because it was never mentioned in the Constitution doesn't mean they can rule on it. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have laws on the books for that are not mentioned in the Constitution. Transportation being one of them. You know what I'm saying? And that we have all kinds of federal regulations regarding fe transportation. So that's just a weird take to, to have, you know, as, as a as a Supreme Court justice, well, you know, it's not in there, so we can't, we have no, 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 no say over it. It's just weird. I don't know. What you got, Pat? Yeah, man, we've been, I, I don't know. And, and by the way, here's, here's a, uh, here's what I'll tell you when it comes down to guns, right? Okay. I lived in California. I lived in Texas and I lived in Florida. Okay. In California, I uh, went to buy a gun and I went and bought a shotgun and a rifle. Maybe I bought a semi. I don't know what I bought over there, but I bought a few things. Did a background check. Took me 30 days to be able to pick up my stuff. I don't know what the timeline was, but it was a minute. I couldn't get it that day. Could have been a week. Could have been 30 days. But I didn't leave with the stuff that I bought that day. Fine. I went to Texas. In Texas, I uh, went to a store and I bought an M4. I think I bought two of them with the <laughs> magazine, with all the stuff. Walked out five minutes later. Took it to my car. By the way, when you did my interview, I opened up the safe. Uh, you yeah, saw my M16s. You're like, ah, oh, this guy. <laughs> oh, I've just, you know, I've <laughs> shot a gun, military but I've never guy. been around one that yeah. big before. <laughs> so, so I opened up. I'm like, oh, hey, so here's what I did. Okay. So you come over here. You know what I like? I like the fact that a person, if you don't want to have people get guns early, move to California or run for office in your city and state and go help change the laws. Okay. Go help in that state. Get people behind you. Get a strong argument. Get either get behind somebody, or you go do it. Right? If you think a guy's going to be good against DeSantis, and you don't want DeSantis to be reelected because you think Florida's going in the wrong direction, either find somebody that's going to beat DeSantis, or go move to California or New York. It's your choice by state, right, to do that. With this argument here as well, the same same happens because you know those stories you read 
I mean, I've, I've, I've read both sides of the story where, hey, look at all these great innovators that their parents didn't get an abortion. They almost thought about getting an abortion. How about that? How about this person that, you know, was going to be the president and parents at one point thought about getting an abortion? And you read those stories like, what does the world look like without those people? Oh, my God. I couldn't even imagine a world without these guys. So how many stories are there that the mom and the dad at one point thought about getting an abortion and that person ended up becoming great? So who's right on left and the right? Oh, my God. But this person got raped. Insist. Okay. It's a very, very, so the exception to the rule, which is very small percentage, they throw those arguments up and it gets people riled up, Right. So then you go to the other side and you say, okay, your body, your choice, yeah. How come you didn't say that two years ago? How come you didn't say that the last two years, which is kind of what you were talking about? Why the hypocrisy? So you're then noticing the level of hypocrisy on both sides that comes out with arguments like this and the lack of consistency, and you see leaks in arguments. You only want your body, your choice when it favors you, but you don't want your body, your choice when it doesn't favor you because you want everybody to take the vaccine. What happened to your body, your choice? It's my body. I don't want to get the vaccine. You better get it. You don't care about my health. Dude, it's my body. I'm going to do whatever I want to do my body. Why are you forcing me to do it? And then the part that I have a challenge with in regards to abortion is I don't want to pay for it. If you went and got, had sex, unprotected sex, nobody told you to not use a condom. You chose to say, I feel better when I have unprotected sex. No problem. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. I don't care. I'm just not paying your abortion. You pay for it. You want to get an abortion? You go in and pay for it. I'm not going to pay for it. I didn't have sex that night. I didn't feel good when you had sex. You had sex? I didn't feel good. You had sex. It felt good for you. I didn't get any of that joy. Why am I getting the pain? So let me get this straight. I didn't get that great feeling of sex for you get for the last however long of it. And I'm supposed to do the bad, you know, to pay the price for the bad part that you don't want to pay, the 500 bucks, whatever the numbers. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go through it. Um, everybody in their families has a private abortion story. I have some. I'm sure you have some. And you have some. You see some folks who brag about how many abortions they've had. I also don't agree with that. This lady right here has got a shirt on saying, I've had 21 abortions. Well, that's, that's abortion. You know, a, a, I mean, comedian, that's, that's, a comedian got well, up, and I don't know who this comedian was about a year and a half ago, the girl with the curly hair, and said, let me tell you how many abortions I've had. This is how many abortions I've had. Matter of fact, I'm going to go get more abortions when pa 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 It's not. So that stuff is stupidity. By the way, that's also the exception. That's not the majority. Right. So right. I'm not also putting them as, these guys are at fault. No, I'm a reasonable enough of a person. But I think to leave it to the states, if guns are left to states, if this is left to state, the way it happened, if you go look at the history of Roe v. Wade, is uh, you know two Supreme Court justices at the time were either retiring uh, Tyler or they were stepping away. And this young attorney comes in, like really, really young, and just somehow got this thing through. And it would have never happened in this case ever. But this was a very interesting unique situation that they capitalize and at the end of the day in regards to the information being leaked you know oh my god i can't believe the information is leaked and all that stuff and one side is saying who cares about the person that leaked the information i'm more con- republicans are more targeting this than protecting women's rights i'm sorry when somebody leaked information to you on the other side about hillary you were pissed off to say why would you leak this is irresponsible so then goes more hypocrisy in the situation here at the end of the day if it's 68%, let's find out if it's 68%. If it really is 68%, maybe we're going to find out it ain't 68%. Maybe we're going to find out those polls are full of shit. Maybe we're going to find out more people are for, look, unless if it's rape or incest or this, I, I'm sorry. I just don't support it. We don't know. Let them make that decision for themselves. And, you know, I have my own position on this. It's my where I stand with this. But it's different for everybody else. So, I, I you know, wh- oh, not whoopee. Joy comes out and Joy says, you know, uh, 
women, we should go on a sex strike. That's the bad news for you, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should go on a sex strike, okay? Don't give it up. No, no, you can't give it up. Just use a damn condom when you give it up. Why not? Oh, she said that about because of the abortion? Yeah. Well, condoms break it. Look, I think it's I, I have bad news not... for Joy Behar. What's Nobody's that? gonna be upset if she goes on a sex strike. Nobody. That's a good point. It is it, the question is, is it healthcare or is it not healthcare? And is it a society's responsibility to cover from their tax burden mm -hmm. healthcare in general? Right? And and you can make that argument. That's an argument to be yeah. had. And why we need better representatives. Well, this goes back to, to your initial point those, those that, that it's not a black and white situation. Not, There's so many is. gray areas. Once right. you go here and you peel the onion, well, you know what? It's only in this case. Well, it's a rape. It's an incest. Well, it's the life of the mother. And then, it was a, and then this story. And then, well, actually, it's been, uh, is it six weeks? Is it 12 weeks? It's just such a complicated situation that it takes such grace to walk around and then obviously if you say the wrong thing you're gonna get canceled next thing you know joy behar's right. doing a sex strike on you you don't get any from joy catastrophic i'm That's sure tough. most single men in hollywood are devastated right yeah. now because of her going on a sex strike this is war on women gays people of color you know what they're saying if you let them do this what happens next when they don't let you have interracial marriages I'm like, yeah. oh my god now you're getting over dramatic on interracial marriages who's gonna get there and say we're not going to do interracial marriages. But again, considering there's an interracial marriage on the Supreme Court. Yeah. At the moment. That, that, yeah. <laughs> but 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 listen, at the end of the day, okay, what's Obama's famous words after his first term? What did he say? He says, elections have what? Consequences. There That's you right. go, buddy. Right. Hey, Trump may have, you can call him whatever you want, but if you're a Republican, he got you a 6-3 advantage. And that's the biggest insurance policy that's going to last for 10, 20, 30 years. It is so, rich of McConnell, though, yeah. to call the, 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 this the politicization of the Supreme Court when the reason there are, there's a 6-3 is he politicized the F out of the Supreme Court. Yeah. That's not the I don't. I don't think anybody disputes that. McConnell is an interesting cat himself, well, by the way. So interesting is a good Him and Schumer are probably part of the same camp to me. Him, Schumer, Pelosi, they're, they're part of the same camp. I understand that. Just another real quick daily dose of irony. Uh who you know the the left wants to fight to the death for Planned Parenthood, right? The, and the largest proportion of abortions in the country are by black women, right? Who was Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood? She was a well-known eugenicist who wanted to prevent the birth of uh, mentally challenged people and blacks in the country. I just think it's ironic. I've heard how, that argument. I don't think that's entirely accurate, but I, I've heard I've heard that argument before, and I think that's Tyler the gets his information for some from certain sources. No, no, that, but the, nothing he said uh, isn't necessarily true. But I think I don't think it's the entire truth. Again, it's we all we tend to as you know, especially today when politics has become religion, glom on to one part of the argument and hold on to that when it's like, yeah, but also this. You know what I mean? Is Putin evil? Well, not to not to his motherland, he's not right. Mm -hmm. So. What's what's the what's the answer? We don't have it here at the PBD podcast. Let's try but, but this might. was great discourse, folks. I'm yeah. curious mm -hmm. where you stand. Comment below. I'd love to actually read your commentary, see what you stand with this. Last topic before we wrap up is Musk. Okay. Let's wrap How up with Musk we? here. How can we do this podcast without, without talking about this guy here, right? So Musk goes after AOC and NBC and pretty much everybody in the same week. Can you pull up the NBC tweet? <laughs> That's the one I want to read. Page five, I'll read this to you guys, and then he'll put it up so you can see it. Elon Musk slams NBC, defends GOP after MSNBC anchor calls him 
petulant. Is, am I saying it properly, yes. the pronunciation? Okay. So this is a Newsweek story. Elon Musk slammed NBC on Monday after an anchor affiliated the media outlet called him petulant and criticized the far right of the Republican Party. The Tesla CEO who recently purchased Twitter hit back after MSNBC host Mehdi Hassan warned that his new uh, influence over the social media platform may amplify neo-Nazi voices within the GOP. We are living through an unspeakably dangerous moment. The pro-QAnon, pro-neo-Nazi faction of the Republican Party is poised to expand dramatically come the midterms. If that happens, we may look back on this as a pivotal moment when the petulant and not-so-bright billionaire casually bought one of the most influential messaging machines and just handed it to the far right. Musk initially responded by tweeting that NBC is basically saying Republicans are Nazis. But in a separate post, he said the following. If you want to show him the tweet, if you have it. He slammed the news platform by saying, can you make that a little bit bigger? NBC basically saying Republicans are Nazis. Then he turns around and says that same organization that covered up Hunter Biden's laptop story had Harvey Weinstein's <laughs> story leaked and killed it and built Mar Matt Lauer, his rape office. Lovely people. Can you imagine that? He's got a point. Can you imagine? Oh, look, I'm no that? Musk stan, but I, you know, I, I don't think he's nearly as as dangerous as people make him out to be. Mehdi Hassan is an agitator uh, on the network. Uh, you know, this is not the first sort of crazy thing he said. Um, is he is Elon Musk a pest? Sure. Is he is he is he dumb? No. Um, I think personally, Twitter stands to get better under his leadership. Personally, I I, I could be wrong. Um, you know. The arguments made that it, you know, oh, it's a private company; they can edit whoever they want. If he wants to make it into a more of a public square where any information is is spewed around there, let's see what happens. You know, let's see what happens. We, we're seeing what happens before. You know, you get the Russian bots off of there, and maybe you've got a platform. And I think that might be one of the best things. That, yeah, that was that the, what was the conversation there. you had uh, yesterday regarding uh, what Elon Musk is looking to do. Yeah, he's he's raising money left and right, and and in rounds of a hundred million, I got a call. And uh, I, I'm telling you right now, I predict uh, Twitter's right now worth what? 40-some billion dollars? Can you pull up what Twitter's worth today? Should Twitter's I invest valuation? in Twitter today? Should I invest oh, in Twitter? If you can get in, the <laughs> rounds are $100 million. Uh, if you can get in, and there's not a lot of people that are sitting on $100 million that's of cash. That's the challenge. Market cap, $38 billion. Okay, here's what I'll tell you. Twitter, ran by Elon Musk, will be a trillion-dollar company within three to five years. And that's a latest, which means, and by the way, this is my opinion, okay? This is, if you do it, you lose money. That's your risk. This <laughs> is my opinion. I think this is a trillion auto company. Um, I think that 40 goes to a trillion. That's 25X. You put a million bucks, you're going to make 25. You put 10 million bucks, you're going to make 250. You put 100 grand, it's going to be a $2.5 million investment because if Facebook's worth a trillion, if Google's worth a trillion, if Amazon's worth two, if you know, I think Apple's Apple. worth three, whatever the number is, this is going to be a trillion-dollar company because the people that ran Twitter, they don't know how to make money, and Elon knows how to make money. He's going to create right. different That's chips. Right. Whether it's going to be you want a blue chip to get rid of the bots, four ninety-nine a month. You want an additional, uh, you know, benefit to do this, nineteen ninety-nine a month, and you want the ultimate, it's a hundred bucks a month. He's going to make money off of Twitter. And he's going to bring so many different ideas that nobody's even thinking about. Most people think Tesla is a car company. It's a battery company. That's why he doesn't like selling Tesla. Because he knows Tesla is going to be a $10 trillion company. And he's, he knows he's going to be the first trillionaire in the world. He's probably two to five years away from being a trillionaire. This guy's going to be a trillionaire. We're going to have a trillionaire within the next 24 to 60 months. But Twitter, by this guy running it, I have a feeling this thing's going to go to the roof. 
because he ain't going to slow down. FYI, more and more and more I listen to him, he may be the most annoying person to anybody that doesn't like freedom of speech, to anybody who loves control, because you can't do nothing to this guy. Okay, Bill Maher comes out and says, the argument to me is, has Twitter failed in setting themselves up in the past as the judge of what can go out there? And I would say, yes, you have. You failed when you threw the New York Post off of Twitter for talking about Hunter Biden's emails, and it turned out to be a real story. You failed when you said we couldn't read about whether COVID had come from a lab. You failed, Twitter. You failed. This is not a Republican saying this. This is a liberal who's probably never voted for a Republican in his life, Bill Maher, saying this, a comment like that. So what's starting to happen? Yesterday we're having dinner and Kai is talking about Churchill. Okay, He says, you know, in, in, in UK, no one's lost more elections. No politicians lost more elections in their career than Churchill. Yeah, mm-hmm. Crazy story. Yeah. But then he says, you know what happened? At one point, because he was part of the Democratic Party, is who he was. Okay, That's what Churchill is when you read his story. He says, at one point... The people that he was a part of flipped, and they went crazy. So what does Churchill do? He says, dude, I didn't sign up for this. I'm about freedom. I'm about this. I'm about that. I don't know what just happened to you, Democrats, but I'm not about that. You're changing the party? I'm going over here. They hated him for it. He says, I didn't change. You guys change. Democratic Party's changing. Yeah, Bill Maher said those very words. I haven't changed. I haven't Liberals changed. You've changed. changed. Yeah. So Bill Maher said what Churchill said years ago. Years ago, Churchill said that before Bill Maher said it, except when Churchill said that, he didn't tweet it out. Right. Back, you know, for whatever reason, he didn't get the time to tweet it out. <laughs> Moral of the story is the following. Elon Musk is probably the most scary man to the people of the left and progressives. AOC goes to sleep every night. Everyone has nightmares or dreams. She goes to sleep every night about a man named Elon Musk. She has nightmares about him every flipping night. And it's non-stop. It's going to keep happening because this guy's not going to slow down. He's not going to be somebody that's going to sit on the sidelines and say, oh, okay, let me take it a little bit easy this week. No. You say something to him, he's coming back at you. And he's got a bigger mic. And that mic is Twitter. So, and what did, and what did yeah, Elon yeah. say to, to back to AOC in a tweet when she's basically was complaining about I'm the shocked. billionaire class? Did you show that tweet? He threw, uh, her, yeah, he threw her she, thing back at her, yeah. He said, you know, I was talking about Mark Zuckerberg. And he said, well, you know, stop hitting on me. I'm yeah, really shy. Yeah, yeah. He's a troll, a, a totally. multi-billionaire, powerful man, ridiculous troll, um, and he's only going to get stronger. Basically, he's just going to get stronger. This guy is not going to slow down. He's going to continue. Headlines, yeah, he's going to continue more and more and more. Is that what it is? Stop hitting on me. I'm really shy. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. So. Anyway, well, she said that to some, one of her trolls too at one point. I think he was throwing okay, her. Okay, is that back what it was? Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody was bitching about AOC, full and she's like, uh, you know, stop flirting. Who's Elon going to date next? He's done with the alien girl Grimes. Who's next? It's for sure, not going to be. He's Amber done Heard. with Amber Heard. Exactly. It ain't going to be Amber 100%. Heard. Hundred percent. No, I, I think he's currently Whoever dating he Twitter. Wants, yeah. Marjorie Whoever Taylor Green. <laughs> yeah. No, I you think, can dream, Tyler. I think he's going <laughs> to date somebody you least expect that he's going to date. I think Elon is a very different kind of guy. He's a Full once in a generation type of guy. But he'll be the first trillionaire the way he's going right now. So, folks, if you hate billionaires, I don't know what you're going to do to trillionaires <laughs> because one is around the corner. <laughs> Good Anyways, stuff today, Pat. This has been a blast, brother. Awesome. Great, it's great having you, you on. Thank you, Matt. Uh, tomorrow, GSP, what time? So everybody knows Three, that again. 3.30 to 5.30. 3.30 tomorrow, GSP will be on the podcast. Come ready. We may do some callers. And, by the way, we may be giving away 
auctioning off maybe through Super Chat and maybe something we may do a signed UFC glove. If you're a big GSP fan, put in your calendar tomorrow at the podcast. We'll see you guys there. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye.